and welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I am not Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. Tyler Smith is on assignment. You are Julie, Julie Sesnovich. Co- yes. Co-host for this episode. Co-host one of our, for the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, of, one, of our, one of our favorite guests, a mainstay on the TCM Film Fest wrap-ups, um, guest on uh, our great dance movies episode. And of course, you're always on these episodes. What are these episodes? I'll tell you in a second. First, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, Today, I was using my tweakedaudio.com earbuds to listen to the new uh, live EP by a um, guitarist uh, whose name I think is Mdu Mokhtar. Um, it's really good. It's called, uh, the EP is called Niger, um, like the country Niger. Um, uh, but it's Niger volume one. So teasing that there's going to be more, uh, but it was, I was reflecting on the fact that, um, I was, I had tickets to see him do Mokhtar in April of 2020. <laughs> um, and I don't think what that happened. Ever got, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that one ever got rescheduled. I think we just got refunded. And I, I saw yeah. Wilco. Um, I saw Wilco last September and that was a reschedule from April, also April of, of 2020. Um, Natalie, my wife, uh, is still two months away from seeing the pet shop boys, which was a 2020, uh, uh, cancellation. Um, yeah, so we're still, and obviously people are still getting COVID and, and, and passing away and all this stuff. So, uh, still, still a, uh, Still a pandemic, still living with the fallout and still living in it. And uh, at least we've got tweakedaudio.com earbuds to listen to, to get us through it. And Dumoktar sounded great on them. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. If you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third out, one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Julie. All right. Um, let's get into it, shall we? What are we let, what are we doing here? We are doing the fall movie preview. Um, listen, and I'm who, not. Whom, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not naive. I know why you invite me here. It's because I make a spreadsheet of all the upcoming releases. It's very organized. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to sell, my short, sell myself short. It's a bitch and yeah. spreadsheet. So I have harbor no delusions about my role here. I am here to keep you guys organized. And by guys, plural, um, I am also referring to today's special guest, um, which is my husband, Battleship Pretensions, editor-at-large, Scott and I. Always happy to be the... Is it nepotism when it's a spouse? Um, uh, writing Julie's coattails to... Yeah, go well, thank you. yeah you're definitely a, a nepo baby, no matter what. Um, <laughs> I was kind of hoping this week's hot term. Yeah. Um, Peek behind the curtain. Scott doesn't have his video on in the zoom. And I was kind of hoping that he would turn on his video immediately after being introduced. That would have been. Yeah. uh, Because in a, in a um, Scott and Julie first, we are actually not recording in the same place. Um, The same state. (laughs) 
or the same time zone. So Scott, yeah. do you want to kind of like paint a picture of where you were at in terms of jet lag, sleep level, physical location, and possibly drunkenness? Uh, the truth is I'm less affected by any of these factors than one might imagine, given that I am in New York, um, took a red eye that landed 15 hours ago and pr proceeded to work all day, go out to dinner, have a couple of drinks, and then take a long subway ride and a sweaty walk in the muggy New York weather to my hotel where I'm now seated, um, having gotten, you know, I have no idea how much sleep I got on the plane, to be honest. Um, but yeah. I am still alive and still strangely cognizant of my surroundings. Um, so much so that I am have the wherewithal to not have my video on as I just came unstuck from uh, the leather chair which the <laughs> hotel has uh, a portion of my room with. But um, uh, is there no AC in your room? There is. And so I turned that on and I, I've got that going at a, a decent blast and Okay. It's gotten it's gotten me nice and cool, and I'm a, I'm about to go shirted, but I gotta go. I gotta take the earbuds <laughs> out, so I'm waiting for a nice break while you guys clearly have the reins. Well, let's uh, hand the reins over to 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 Julie then. Um, let's start talking about All right. movies of of the fall. Let's start. Uh, let's do it. Tyler's, so, Tyler, I... Tyler's not here, but we're go going by his rule that the fall starts September first, not September the real 1st. rule that it starts at the uh, autumn equinox. But nobody is... likes that rule, except me. I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Well, for... well I, you guys know I'm like a, a pagan, right? <laughs> Tight. No, um, we. It's really more fall and winter. We're defining it as from now till the end of the year. Basically, it is considered like you know the award season, the prestige season. Um, there's a lot of movies in here. We're gonna try to get through as many as we can. I tried to get the dates as accurate as possible. If they're not quite right, um, you know, they're just generally imminent. So. Don't at me about that, but, um, and obviously it'll thin out as we go because it's been kind of front loaded with things that are coming out sooner. Um, yeah. and so, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at your list as usual. We're not going to talk about all of these. Um, I mean, you've got, uh, a number here that I don't know or probably care about, <laughs> sure. uh, at, at the beginning. So where, so for the first weekend, Labor Day weekend, where do you want to start? Yes. Um, let's start. We have, um, honk for Jesus, save your soul, which is quite a title, um, that premiered at Sundance earlier this year. It's kind of a, uh, religious satire starring, um, Regina Hall and Sterling K Brown as the first couple of a mega church. Um, it's uh, day and date, so it's premiering simultaneously in theaters and on Peacock, <laughs> everyone's favorite streaming service. Um, I saw a clickhole article that was like Night Ruin, the thing you wanted to watch is on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, do not dare give your money to something that has at most two more fiscal quarters to survive. Um, but yeah, it, it landed a little soft on the festival circuit, but like Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown, that sounds like a great combo. Um, so I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little interested. Yeah. And Sterling K. Brown uh, noted St. Louis. So I always got to okay. call that out. I'll always got to call that out. Obviously. Uh, uh, um, okay. Um, uh, the one I'm uh, very excited about this, this weekend um, is uh, Peter von Kant. Uh, from director mm -hmm. Francois Ozon, who is a director that I've been a fan of since I was like in high school. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, this is a, well, it's not a remake of the movie, right? 
They, well, they sort of, but like it's a loose adaptation and there's like gender swapping happening. Yeah. So the, uh, the bitter tears of Petra von Kant is the source material, but the play is the source material, which is also written by Fassbender. Is that right? Oh gosh. Yeah, I don't really know the weeds of it, but you put the play on first and then made a movie of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm excited for this because I like Francois Ozone and it also stars, um, Denis Menoche, who is an actor that I, uh, like a lot. You might remember him as the, uh, prison guard in, um, uh, French dispatch who was not Leia Sadu, the male, uh, prison guard. And he's also the, um, father and farmer at the, in the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards. That's his, uh probably biggest like American movie uh, title, but he's always great when he shows up in anything. Um, yeah. It also has, um, Ooh, baby. I don't know how to say this. Hannah Shigula, who is from the original bitter tears of Petra von Kant. Oh. Um, so that's kind of a interesting callback there. Um, yeah. Love Francois zone. Um, not the biggest fan of bitter tears of Petra von Kant. So ha- seeing them combined will be interesting. I adore the bitter tears of Petra von Kahn. It'll be interesting because it's such a queer text and Ozan is Mm -hmm. certainly no stranger to queer texts himself to see like it, but straight. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anything else on, on this weekend that really leaps out? Um, There's some other titles I recognize just from getting like blasted with. Sure. You have um, loving Highsmith, which is a Patricia Highsmith documentary. Um, She seems like, very interesting gal to put it mildly um got some but isn't like i feel like that <laughs> that title form like anything that like a, a a title that starts with like a gerund you know like a an ing word is i don't know it usually is like a turnoff to me <laughs> it it, 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 it's, it's, it's oddly like specific <laughs> yeah it just feels kind of like basic i don't know um well, listen, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover and you shouldn't judge a movie by its title. I would think you would know that by now. I think I do judge movies by their titles. <laughs> I, I well, just yeah, but not yeah. to make it a disqualifying factor, I would No, hope. I'm not going to like not see it because of that, but I just, it's a, I feel like that's kind of a, uh, I have generally, like when I titled movie reviews of Battleship Retention, I have tried to stay away from that because it's, such a go-to for titling things blanking blank um that i i I, it it sets off alarm bells as a as a cliche for me but uh yeah patricia highsmith that's great yeah um there's also waiting for bojangles which is nothing like what the title would indicate it's about like um a, a, a french couple as seen through the eyes of their young son and the mother has like mental health issues but it has um virgin Virginie Efira and Romain Dury. This isn't going well, but um, <laughs> seems charming. Um, and then there's kind of, so after Labor Day weekend, there's some kind of midweek stuff. Um, somehow on uh, September 7th, somehow there's these after movies that are like based on this Wattpad fan fiction. This is like the third one, I think. Um, it's called After Ever Happy. <laughs> which is a choice um but yeah that's coming directly to amazon video um they just okay. making these and then on september 8th we have the first of two pinocchios this year um 
somehow like i don't feel that there's like a societal desire for more pinocchios they just keep happening yeah yeah that and robin hoods they just keep generating endlessly and i i mean well i know why it's public domain but it just seems like there's always a new pinocchio right but this is a robert zemeckis movie it is and robert zemeckis direct to streaming remakes released since the pandemic uh, of which there have been one uh, have a bad track record because yes. the the witches was uh, mm-hmm. god awful <laughs> yeah they are dumping this on disney plus in a month and i've heard very little about it um this is the live action one that has a very heavily made up tom hanks as geppetto um you know it has some good some other good people, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Jiminy Cricket. Um, Keegan-Michael Key is in it. Um, Cynthia Revo is the Blue Fairy. But like, again, so many Pinocchios. I do enjoy that Tom Hanks is just in his ridiculous phase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can like I can appreciate that. I just like. I, I just feel like we've reached Pinocchio saturation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Barbarian is coming out. Now we're on the ninth, the actual release date of the ninth. Uh, Barbarian is a movie that I have twice RCP'd for screenings and then due to life events have been unable to make it last minute. So I, uh, the fates are keeping me from seeing Barbarian early, but, um, I'm hearing good things, but not a lot of details. Cause I think it's kind of a, uh, you know, don't read about the movie before you see it type of type of deal. There's some, some twists maybe, but I'm hearing good things. Okay. Um, let's see. It's got Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long. Yeah. Um, uh, I've heard good, or I, I've heard some uh, very positive buzz about Saloon, um, which is uh, uh, I can't remember what country it's from now. I'm trying to see if that's in the. <laughs> oh, it might not be. Yeah. No. <laughs> Okay, so I don't know what Saloon is about, but I know it's a IFC Midnight, so it's a genre movie. Um, I just got an invite to Brahmastra Part 1 Shiva. I can't make it, but I had never heard of that before today. Um, this is a um, uh, like a Bollywood movie, right? That's being released by uh, Disney here? Um, presumably, yeah. Okay. Um, also, surely you have some opinion of the fact that there is a documentary releasing on the state called hockey land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything uh, about it. I mean, I've, um, I like the title. Uh, I can certainly relate. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In minute and Minnesota's unforgiving North country, the senior boys of rival communities skate for a last chance to etch their names into local lore. So it's about uh, youth hockey. That's fun. Right on. Right? Um, we also have a rom-com called About Fate with Emma Roberts and Thomas Mann. Emma Roberts just okay. carving out her niche, just making it happen. I, I um, really like one of those two actors. Um, and her name is Emma Roberts. <laughs> great. Um, there's also, in slightly more highbrow fare, there's um, Hold Me Tight, which is directed by Matthew Almerick and stars Vicky Creeps. So that's a... I think that's... you mean Matthew. Matthew Almerick. Gazente. <laughs> um I, I've made very clear at the top that French pronunciation is not my forte and we're just gonna, that's you're gonna have to be okay. Fort. What? <laughs> I said, including you how you pronounce fort. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go to bed. 
Um, um, hold me tight sounds fantastic, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Great pairing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't it seem like, like after Phantom Thread, it felt like there was a long time without like Vicky Creep being in movies. And it was like, what's going on? She was so good. And now she's like in movies all the time, which is great. Well, it's because everyone saw Phantom Thread and it took a year or two to make whatever movie they were going to put her in and then to, to finally cut up. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, PTA really uh, was ahead of the curve. The then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, although I feel like I'd seen, had I seen her in something before that? I was just looking that up. She was in a most wanted man. I could not tell you what she was doing in it. Uh, she was in Hannah, the um, uh, Joe Ray movie, but I, again, I could not tell you what she was doing. In it. Yeah. yeah, I guess not. Yeah, I, I did see most one of me, but I don't remember her. Um, I also want to talk about uh, the second Neil Butte movie of 2022, House of Darkness. Wait, what um, was the first? Uh, it's called Out of the Blue, and it I think just op- maybe it's opening this weekend. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I um, I didn't get a chance to see out out of, out of the blue, but, um, Neil Butte is always of interest to me. Um, I'm not saying his movies are always good, but I'm always interested in, in, in seeing what, uh, what sort of subject matter he has decided to take on because it, it varies wildly from things, you know, his heyday of like your friends and neighbors and what was the, the shape of things that was was called. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then like, he did the uh, death at a funeral remake, which yep. is so weird. Um, and he made the truly underrated uh, Samuel Jackson thriller Lakeview Terrace. Um, that was uh, that was a fun movie. I used to work at a place that was across the street from an AMC when that movie came out, and uh, we had this one summer at this job that I won't name where it was. Um, where we kept getting let go early because a probably mentally unstable person kept calling in bomb threats. Oh, wow. <laughs> there, there, there was, there was a summer, whatever year that would have been, I think 2008 is what year like few terrorists came out. Um, uh, it was like, I'd be like having a rough day and it'd be uh, the part of my brain my mind would be like, I hope that lady calls in a bomb threat today <laughs> <laughs> just because I wanted to get out of there. And so, yeah, one day, she called in a bomb threat wheel. They sent us away and I just walked across the street and saw Lake Terrace. So that's my Neil Butte story. I don't know what uh, House of Darkness is about, but it also but, has Justin Long in it. I was going to say he's participating in Justin Long Assance. <laughs> oh, is he having a, a sense as well? Well, he was just in Barbarian. We just went over that. So True. You know, he's yeah. taking less Justin Longy roles than he used to. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, it's like we all have an image of Justin Long, and it's not in a Neil LeBute movie. Yeah, yeah. But again, what what is a Neil LeBute movie is the thing. That's true. Yeah. Um, also on the state, we have the cathedral. I know this had yeah. good buzz on the festival circuit. Oh, David, if you have more to say about that, please take it away. No, I, 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 I didn't see it. I was um, planning to see it when Sundance was going to be in person, but then when Sundance went. Uh, virtual this year i i sort of decided there were other things going on well i can say natalie and we're, we're looking for a house <laughs> I've, I've said on the podcast before we 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 bought a townhouse uh, earlier this year and uh we were in the middle of that search and so i decided i'm just not going to do sundance i'm going to take this cancellation as a 
an excuse to go visit places. And we visited this place that weekend. That weekend of Sundance is when we visited this place that we got. So I didn't end up seeing uh, um, the cathedral, but uh, Notes on a Disappearance is 2018 movie. Um, I quite liked, and I think, I believe that year it it made my list on the, uh, through the cracks um, uh, movies when we do that that episode um, in the weeks before the Oscars. So uh, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about the cathedral. Um, yeah, there's also um, a new Mark Cousins documentary, The Story of Film, A New Generation. Um, he makes these, you know, very long and intense documentaries about film. So okay. Right um, I think that's all I want to call out on that day. Well, then, uh, then if we're going to midweek, we've got the long awaited clerks three. Yep. You guys, it's finally here. Sure do. It's a fathom event. In fact. Yeah. I, uh, I never saw clerks two. Um, I'm trying to think what the last Kevin Smith movie I saw was Jersey girl. I don't know. I never I saw Red State. My last was Clerks 2. No, I saw Cop Out. Oh, I Clerks saw Zach two. and Miri. What? Uh, Scott, you're freezing up. They don't have good internet in New York. That's it. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, sorry, so what was the last thing you said? Scott? No, nope, he's, he's frozen up. <laughs> <laughs> You throwing in the towel, Scott? <laughs> I don't no, think you can I'm hear still us. here. Oh, okay. okay. I can hear you. Okay. I was just letting the moment ride. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, Clerks 3. Clerks 3. Um, and then, if you don't want to call it anything else midweek, going to the weekend of uh, September 16th, we have The Woman King. Um, oh, which... I did. Sorry. Oh, uh, cool. you know, why did I? I just stopped you for no reason. Because <laughs> I have nothing to say about this, except that I've heard that uh speak no evil another ifc midnight uh genre movie uh is pretty good that's something to say yeah i don't know anything anything more about it all right yeah the woman king gina prince by the woods uh viola davis starring uh uh action war biopic right yeah they've been um this trailer has been in heavy rotation as of late um based on a true story um it seems like viola davis is some kind of African warrior. Um, John Boyega is the king that is instructing her, and she seems to have some kind of female army. Um, she looks really jacked. It yeah. seems rad. Um, yeah. Yeah. This sure. um uh I haven't um the 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 window for press um to select their public screening tickets for TIFF hasn't actually opened yet, but if um, I am currently at, I- intending to see this at TIFF, even though it'll only be like days beforehand, <laughs> but uh, you know, get that review up, get those clicks, you know, hell yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> um, there's also okay. on that date, um, a, an American remake of good night mommy, which is in yeah. what country is that from again? Austria. Okay. And the reason I know that is, and I know I'm not the first person to point this out, but we can't ignore the fact that this is the second time that Naomi, Naomi Watts has starred in the English language remake of an Austrian horror movie. Cause she was also in funny games. <laughs> okay. Carving out a niche. Um, Weird coincidence. Yeah. I never saw good night mommy. Um, okay. 
I hear it's okay. <laughs> Scott was unimpressed. Okay. Um, also on that date, you have See How They Run, which by the way, a side note about September for movies. September is a weird month because it kind of seems like it's when they release movies that like seemed like Oscar movies earlier in their development and then like petered out as time went on. That's so insane. like these are the stalking horses, the canaries in the coal mine, the sacrificial lambs. Mm-hmm. They have to send them out to fail, but as a way of signaling that award season is coming. And that bums me out when there's a September movie that like really. Spe- I mean, sometimes you get a diamond in the rough. Like I think Hustlers was a September movie, and that was really good. I, the Light Between Oceans. That's my Light that's my go to as like, a exactly. great movie that underperformed because of exactly. its doomed so September like release it. date. Sometimes they're good, but that's why I'm very conflicted about see how they run, which is on the state. You have an all-star cast. It's a 1950s murder mystery set in the theater world of London. Um, It stars Saoirse Ronan as an over eager police constable. Like all of this sounds wonderful. I just like the September of it all has me worried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's like, do you really want to see the runoff of knives out? Yeah. The, I mean, the, uh, the runoff yeah you think it's that feels like that to me i feel like knives out was a success that and uh uh orient express and so they're like period murder mystery people are all about them yeah and so like they're both fine movies but you know the runoff of great movies is usually tedious enough the runoff of fine movies is usually like what am i even doing here <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, how can you not root for Sir Sharon and Sam Rockwell, Adrian Brody, Bruce, uh, Ruth Wilson, Harris Dickinson, and David Oyelowo? I mean, Sam Rockwell makes it very easy to root against him many times, as much as I love yeah, him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know if I'd say I'm excited. I'm very curious about Pearl, which was the uh, secret prequel to ty west's x that he secretly shot while he was shooting x um uh x was not bad uh not great it was a little i would i would say a little tame for a movie called x about like a slasher movie that takes place on the set of a uh, 70s porn like i feel like it should have been a little bit more out there i should have i should have i should have clutched my pearls a little bit more while i was watching that movie um but uh Still definitely curious about Pearl and I like Mia Goth. What can I say? Yeah. I'm also like, I I never saw X, but doesn't the very premise and existence of this movie spoil X or no? Um, No. I mean, and what do you mean? What what way do you mean? Well, Uh, this is a prequel. I understand. But if it's a prequel about her killing people, doesn't that kind of. um... Oh, see, I don't know what the prequel is about. Oh, Okay. Um, it looks like she but, might kill people. Uh, yeah. Um, but I would say the X pretty um, solidly sets up that there's a, a past in this farm and that uh, Mia Goth's character in X looks a lot like someone from the I see. The, the past. So, uh, yeah, I'm more, I'm more just curious because I like the backstory of Sure. Uh, he secretly shot a whole other movie while yeah. he was making this movie. I like that. Um, um, and yeah, they, it's getting, it's playing at both Venice and TIFF, I think. So clearly it's landing with people. Um, also on this day is Moon Age Daydream, which is a documentary about David Bowie that they're releasing in IMAX. Um, I've already got tickets. 
for opening yeah. night at the at the Chinese. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, Brent Morgan made um, uh, Kurt Cobain montage of Heck, the the Kurt Cobain do- documentary. But um, yeah, this one, everything I've read about it sounds like it's a uh, going to be a fun theatrical experience. Yeah, I, I've I've talked to some people who've seen it and they said it was really amazing because it also explores. It has a lot of original footage, obviously, but also explores like. David Bowie's like kind of interdisciplinary work and how his music like wove through different art forms. So that's, Mm. that's exciting. Um, Also on this day is the silent twins. Um, It's based on a novel or or no, it's based on a real life story about creepy twins who have um, their own private language. Um, And it stars Letitia Wright and is directed by, Oh boy. Um, it's it's the woman who directed the lore, which is a crazy yeah. like Smozinska. I'm gonna You're say. braver than I am, sure. Um, but that is a crazy killer mermaid, like beautiful killer mermaid musical from 2015. Um, that I saw at AFI Fest. That long ago? Wow. Yeah. Um, I saw it at AFI Fest and it really like knocked my socks off. Also had the unique distinction of having one of the craziest Q&A questions I've ever heard in my life, which is saying something for living in L.A. for 10 years. Yeah. Um, There was, for lack of a better term, a mermaid truther in the audience who (laughs) took issue with the depiction of mermaids as being murderous and aggressive because they're not like that. And she's like, well, yeah, but, but she wasn't talking about like them as fictional. She was talking about them as real. And you could just like see the horror in like both the director and the moderator's face as they like realized what was happening. And what a, (laughs) that was really, I wonder wonder if this, this person, this mermaid chooser, does she believe in sirens? And is, is she saying like, that's another thing or sirens like, that's the like that's the fake cryptozoology thing that make that gives mermaids a bad name. I would be so scared to ask. <laughs> um speaking of conspiracy theorists, I feel like we're not supposed to like Letitia Wright because she's like a, an anti-vaxxer or whatever, but I like Letitia Wright. I'm uh I, I like seeing her in movies. Fair enough. Um also very strangely on the same date, uh we're still on September 16th, there's a new Fletch movie starring John Hamm. <laughs> which really haven't heard much about for it coming out in like three weeks. Um, It's directed by Greg Matola. Did you see Greg Matola's tweet? uh, No. Did he like quote tweeted the, the official announcement of the movie um, in like the Christmas peanut M&M said it does exist. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if he's been, I mean, I, I don't know how long it's been done. Uh, yeah, seven hours ago. Huh. It does exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is also a movie that they've been trying to make for, I'm going to say 20 years for some reason, just like someone really has a thing for Fletch. So I'm still unconvinced this isn't just an ain't cool news headline from 2004. So, but yeah, but who is, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of who else has been attached. I want to say like, um, Jason Lee, name? Jason Lee. Yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Um, Paul Rudd at one point. Okay. Basically any guy who's like vaguely in this mold, probably Justin Long. Yeah. Yeah. You have, are, do you just know that off the top of your head? Or are you looking it up? No, I genuinely know these things. 
you, you're like a horrible f- brain. You're like a Fletch reboot historian. This is an unexpected side of you. Well, you know, <laughs> you read enough chud.com or whatever. Sometimes you <laughs> get lodged in the head. I guess so. So come, come the 16th. We'll see if it's real. Um, also on the 16th, you have God's country. Um, God's country. That's what I said. I know, but I'm saying not God's creatures. Cause there is also a September release called God's creatures. And for a second I was like, oh yeah, I'm really excited about this. But I realized I was thinking of God's creatures and I don't know what God's country is. Um, I thought you were criticizing where I was putting the emphasis and I'm like, I don't think it matters that much. Um, (laughs) no, this is a, um, it stars, um, Tandy Newton, um, as a college professor. And it's kind of like, um, uh, her against creepy guys kind of story. Um, I, I think she mentioned something about how, like, um, you rarely get to see like women of color in this role and she's like living out in the wilderness and stuff. So, um, got pretty good festival buzz. Um, let's see also, um, uh, you had Riotsville, USA, um, which premiered at Sundance and uh, is a, a, a documentary um, uh, about uh, protests and I don't know, I guess riots, uh, but it got very good re- reviews. Um, the African Desperate uh, has a uh, the the. The description here follows 24 hours in the life of Palace, a newly minted MFA grad from an outstate New York art school whose final day of school becomes a psychedelic odyssey. That sounds good to me. Um, and the actress's name is Diamond Stingily. Diamond Stingily. And she's playing Palace. Yeah. Can't Everything about that. this is fun. Um, I think I'm good for the 16th. All right. So um, moving on, I guess, to the 23rd, unless you have something. Um, well, week. there is a midweek oddity um, on the 21st on Peacock, our aforementioned Again, Peacock. favorite streamer. Um, there's Meet Cute, which is a um, a like time travel rom-com with Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson, who like is still everywhere. Like, I feel like the Pete Davidson backlash is in full effect, but he made so many things during his moment that it just keeps it just keeps coming. But he's got new stuff. They just announced he's got a new show that Joe Pesci is going to be in. I know. He pulled Joe Pesci out of semi-retirement. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, I think whatever backlash there is only makes him stronger. I know. Yeah. yeah. Like, I find him mildly amusing, but I'm not getting, like, the, the, mag- the massive magnetism, I guess. I'm also not getting the massive thing people hate about him. Like, seems like a perfectly affable fellow. I think that people just bought get bothered by the fact that he doesn't seem to care and it keeps getting more famous as a result. And I mean, he keeps like, he's a goofy looking guy that keeps landing like famously beautiful women. For sure. And That's I, and I think, I think a lot of people are bitter about that because they, uh, I think a lot of uh, men don't have any idea what women want <laughs> and they can't really wrap their, don't stay. can't hit the head around this guy um who is not conventionally attractive also being incredibly charming and 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 funny um and confident and and that working for him but uh yeah i've always found him funny i did not like the king of staten island but that's not his fault that's uh suffered from just general apatowism sure um on, uh, the part in King of Staten Island when he like 
helps his friends rob a fucking auto repair shop. <laughs> like it, there's so many things I'm no like editor, but the movie's two hours and 15 minutes long or whatever. And it's so easy to look at it and be like, well, that whole storyline didn't need to be in the, this movie could have been a standard, like a more suitable comedy length, hundred minute movie. Yeah. And it's so easy to see. It's just frustrating to watch a movie and see how easily it could have been a better movie. Sure. Anyway, why am I still, it's been two years. Why am I mad about that? <laughs> um, on the, on September 22nd, there's a movie coming out on shutter called Raven's hollow. And I'm only pointing this out because I'm just noticing this now. Strangely, it is one of two movies this fall concerning Edgar Allan Poe's time as a West point cadet. Wow. Um, it's about time. It is the lower profile of the two. I will tell you that much. We will get okay. to the higher profile one later. Um, but then, yeah, on to the 23rd. Um, the big title on that day is Don't Worry, Darling. The, I guess, second film of Olivia Wilde as director, um, starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Um, this, mostly this movie to me is about like, internet drama now like people are thinking that like because i guess like um olivia wilde and harry styles are dating now i think because of were they together before the shoot i can't remember i I think they maybe got got together together because of the shoot because of the shoot and so now all the harry styles fans hate olivia wilde and now people are saying there's drama between olivia wilde and florence Pugh. like it's just like spiraled really out of control um is it is it sorry to I'm not like a Stan of okay. anything or anyone really. Okay. Um, why do Harry Styles fans not like Olivia Wilde? Is it as simple as they want him to themselves or like if I, she makes him happy, wouldn't they be pro that? Um, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I think part of it is because maybe she's, older than him and that carries a certain connotation um i don't know well i'm not that deep. i am i'm insulted yeah i'm not that deep in the fandom but um the actual movie is about like kind of it's kind of a separate stepford wivesy dystopian 50s thing um it could really go either way again it is in september but i adore florence Pugh. like i am that's that's my fandom <laughs> so i am willing to give her the benefit of the doubt everything else i don't know but yeah she's, to. she's great absolutely we stand um yeah i uh did you see fighting with my family love it yeah me too. so good yeah um uh, all right a jazz man's blues tyler perry it's his latest directorial effort but it's apparently the first screenplay he ever wrote yeah so that's not promising <laughs> As someone who has generally not been a fan of Tyler Perry's work, this like, you know, pulling something out of a drawer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from, from a less refined time, but maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe fame corrupted him. And this is just an unpot, like a, a real diamond in the rough. Who knows? Um, but it's, it's coming to Netflix. Um, so you can probably watch it in the comfort of your own home. Um also on the 23rd, there's On the Come Up, which is the directorial debut of Asana Lathan. Um, yeah. And it's based on a novel by Angie Thomas, who also wrote The Hate You Give. Um, so 
that's it's they're dumping it on Paramount Plus, which is unfortunate, but it does seem like, you know, a promising combination of factors. Um, yeah. What else we got? Also on the 23rd, you have Lou, which they're making um, female takens now, I guess. Um, it's it, it's not explicitly taken, but it's basically kind of in that mold. But it's Alice and Janney. Um, OK, but didn't they did. Wasn't there a, a similar like real racist one with Jennifer Garner a few years ago? Oh, Peppermint. Pepper, peppermint. I didn't see yeah. it, but I know that I like- people were mad that it was racist. That's what I, I remember. It was more of like a John Wick thing than like a Taken thing. I feel like the Taken thing, it's got to be someone older, right? That's the, so, yeah. okay. Okay. That's, yeah, I agree. That's, that's the, the difference uh, to me. The, the dividing line between John um, Wick interestingly, and, okay. um, I recently heard that John Wick was originally supposed to be older. Like it was written as for like a much, much, much older person. Um, they were thinking it could be like a Clint Eastwood or something, but then it got changed to Keanu Reeves. Who's not, I mean, like Ken Reeves isn't, he's not Harry Styles. He's, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's a middle-aged man. Yes, but yeah, still a bit of a different direction when you shave off a cool 25 years. Yeah. Um, right, also on the 23rd, um, there's, wait a minute. Is this, I might be confusing this with something else. Never mind. Um Sweet. Um, on the 23rd, you have Sydney, which is a documentary yes. about Sydney Poitier. Do you have thoughts on that? No, just that um, uh, I, we recently, someone recently did a profile episode on this podcast about the career of Sydney Poitier. So um, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm primed for this documentary. Or I guess I should say I'm Apple TV Plus for this documentary. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been actually like, you know, since his death, I've been getting more into his filmography and it's like, someone can be a tremendous icon and still be kind of underrated at the same time. And I feel like people know him as an icon. They know him as an activist, but it's like, the work is good. Like the more I dive into it, it's like, you know, he's a very dynamic and varied actor who could do a lot of different things. And I feel like the stuff of his that is more well-remembered tends to be in a more narrow mold, which is a shame because he mm-hmm. really was, did have a much bigger range. So. Um, I think um, the, 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 the biggest takeaway um, from my like deep dive of watching a bunch of Zindi Poitier movies is that uh, the key art in general just public presentation of lilies of the field is bad and misleading. And it makes it look like a very boring, safe family afternoon, like matinee movie. It's actually a much more vibrant, um, full of life uh, movie. And he plays a much more prickly character than, than the log line about like a guy comes in and has, you know, uh, helps a bunch of nuns. <laughs> like yeah. sounds like lilies of the field is, is really, really good. Yeah, we actually just saw it at the Academy Museum recently and we were really into it. it yeah, and we it's the same thing. We, it's different than it sounds for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. A deserved a deserved Oscar win. Um, All right, what's else? What else? Um, I know I had something else here. 
Uh, oh, my imaginary country is the, um, uh, the latest uh, documentary from Patricio Guzman. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is the, um, so he's, he makes documentaries about his home country of Chile, usually pretty critical of the, the, the government. Um, but he's, he's spent the last 20 years making documentaries about Chile's like past, like recent past the Pinochet years and, and stuff like that. And, and so I imagine my imaginary countries, I guess is, um, return to, uh, present day. Like here's what's going on in Chile right now. But I, um, I like his movies. He had sort of a, um, a, a, a trilogy, um, about, uh, uh, now I can't remember what the first one was called. Nostalgia for the light. Is that the first one? Um, yeah, that's the first one I knew about it anyway. So that's, um, uh, uh, it's, it's a really interesting trilogy. That's like about the recent history of Chile, but also about Chile's like landscape. So Nostalgia for the light is like the desert movie. And then the, the Pearl button is the ocean movie. And then the Cordillera of dreams is the mountains movie. So he's like talking about the recent politics of Chile, but also, these different points of view of, of the different terrains of, of Chile. It works as a very nice, um, I don't know. Nice is not the right word. It's often very upsetting these movies, but, uh, it works as a, as a kind of trilogy, but, uh, yeah. So I'm definitely interested in my, my imaginary country. Um, there's also a documentary called the American dream and other fairy tales, um, which is, Ooh, incisive. um, yeah, the only, reason, Got him. <laughs> the only reason I'm pointing it out is because it's directed by and like focuses around Abigail Disney, who I find to be a very interesting person because she's basically used the platform afforded to her from being a member of the Disney family to like criticize capitalism and talk about mm-hmm. how horrible Disney is. So just like good for her. Keep at it. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Petrov's flu. I don't know what to say about it, but it's on my to see list. Hope he feels better. <laughs> uh, are we moving on from the 23rd? Or do you have more on the 23rd? Um, yeah, a move, uh, we can move on to a, a bit of a midweek oddity because on September 27th, Rob Zombie's reboot of The Munsters comes to VOD. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say. Everyone who says this looks like a piece of shit overrates the monsters. This looks like the monsters movie, <laughs> and like you're either into it or you're not. And I'm glad they went for it and didn't try to like make it edgy or like really modernize it in any way. It's just like it's the monsters. That's what you're signing up for. Oh yeah, I'm not like ha- like have at it. It's just like it's a strange sequence of words to say in 2022. Is all. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Looking at Rob Zombie's looking at Rob Zombie's IMDb as a director, the only thing I've ever seen he's directed is the 1995 more human than human music video. Uh, So (laughs) I don't really have a good like uh, grasp on what kind of director he is or if he's my cup of tea or not. Um, Yeah. It stars his wife. um, And also I think they got Elvira in it. Was it Elvira? Um, Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. And Daniel, Daniel Roebuck, who's a sort of TV actor mainstay um, that I've always liked plays grandpa. Um, he was uh, arsed on lost for the guy who uh, accidentally blew himself up with dynamite. Oh, uh, yeah. Spoiler, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. 
Um, another uh, midweek title is uh, the 28th of September finally sees the release of Andrew Dominic's Blonde, which is his movie about Marilyn Monroe that I think Netflix is ever is kicking themselves for evergreen lighting at this point. Like from the sound of it, it's just been a constant battle between him and them. Um, wow. But I'm freaking stoked. It stars Ana de Armas and Adrian Brody, Bobby Cannavale. Like I'm all in. I think it's worth pointing out from my understanding that this is not a Marilyn Monroe biopic. This is like speculative historical fiction, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's based on um, oh, the book by Joyce Carol Oates. Um, right. So it's more, yeah, it's not a straight biopic. It's more kind of, I think, psychological. And it's definitely weird. Like, you know, you've been hearing all these things about early screenings and the execs are mad. Like, I'm living for it. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's definitely I'm also in, living for. Go ahead. Oh no! I just like. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm also living for Andrew Dominic being completely full of himself and saying at one point, "This could probably be the greatest movie ever made." Which like more directors <laughs> need that kind of energy. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like have a conversation with them necessarily, but I want movies from people who think that. That's yeah. what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, are, are we moving on to the 30th proper then? Yes. And uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm I'm trying not to get my hopes up about bros because I like Billy Eichner a lot. And I like the idea of him making uh, this this uh, uh, gay rom-com. But um, it's also, I mentioned Ap- the Apatovian... Uh, curse it's a jet up produced directed by nicholas stoller i feel like it's going to be ramshackle and overlong and um I, I worry but uh i'm very happy for billy eichner yeah i i'm kind of in the same boat where like i'm worried but i'm trying to manifest its greatness i mean like i said sometimes there are september hits um as billy eichner has pointed out this will be the first get queer studio rom-com ever he i think it was at cinecon or something and he's like yeah we've had two movies about sonic the hedgehog already but it took this <laughs> long um it's also he made a they made a point of having the entire supporting cast be queer people playing straight people um as kind of a oh, rebuttal man. i love to, that yeah as kind of a rebuttal <laughs> to it being the reverse so often um so some of the people I'm excited about in the supporting cast, um, T.S. Madison, um, which I believe was a, um, a, uh, a BP nominee last year, if I'm not mistaken, for oh. uh, Zola. Am I making this up? Oh. For the Bruce McGill right. Award. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're right. Um, and Guy Branham and Simone, which is uh, one of the winners of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and yeah, I just, I just adore Billy Eichner. He's just very funny. So... I'm keeping hope alive. Uh, what are you, what are you hopeful for Hocus Pocus two rise of the elder witch? Um, I don't have a horse in this race. I am apparently one of the few millennials who would not like jump off a bridge for the original movie. Um, I, so yeah. I only saw it for the first time during the, during like quarantine, like the first, the 2020 Oscar, yeah. not Oscar Halloween season. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, just, just dreadful. I, I didn't care for it at all. So I'm not, uh, not looking forward to this at all. Is probably won't watch it. Is there a good rise of movie? I feel like that title is automatically a red flag. 
Uh, hmm. Terminator three rise of the machines. Um, rise, <laughs> rise of Gru. Yeah. yeah. Is that the new minions? Right. Or something. Um, rise of the Rise of the Guardians. I saw that twice. Weirdly, mm-hmm. um, uh, Rise of the Machines though does have a good uh, uh, car chase involving a fire truck. Rise of the Machines is probably closest. It's got a good yeah. ending too. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's... Thing, like this in the fire truck. Like he put like the Terminator lady like pushes down the ladder into like a yeah a sewer right a manhole like while the fire truck's going and like the whole fire truck flips over yeah that's um oh who made that it's the guy who made uh, uh breakdown with kurt russell which is also a jonathan mostow jonathan mostow yeah that kind of guy who makes good like beefy action movies yeah this episode is brought to you by terminator 3 rise of the mission yeah i guess i stand jonathan mostow if i stand anyone it's apparently okay. jonathan mostow <laughs> <laughs> that's the main takeaway from this episode um yeah, so right, let's move on to another movie that I'm excited for. Yes. A new Walter Hill Western called Dead for a Dollar with uh look at this. Look at this cast. Uh Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz, Willem Dafoe, and Rachel Brosnahan. I like them all. Yeah. It's yeah. it's I'm a there. western. It seems wild. Um that's premiering at Venice, I think. So that'll be out in the world shortly. Um And then the uh, previously alluded to God's Creatures comes out on the 30th as well. Um, This is, it stars Paul Mescal and Emily Watson and is directed by Anna Rose Homer, who directed The Fits, which is a really good movie. Um, It's kind of like a moody psychological two-hander. And it was also like a while ago, right? This is like, yeah, 2015. So it's been a long time waiting for her her follow-up. I feel like there was maybe something in the middle though. Like some TV, maybe? Because I don't think she's done another feature. Oh, really? Uh, since then. But yeah, maybe she directed... Oh, yeah. So one episode of The OA and a James Blake music video. That's oh, all she's okay. got. So yeah, um, definitely looking forward to this one. Uh, you skipped the Peter Fer- Farrelly movie, but that's okay. The greatest Peter oh, no. ever well, was yeah, that I, point. I was going to circle back to that. I just got excited about God's Creatures because you had... Right. Um, alluded to it but yeah the the anointed auteur peter farrelly is back um with the greatest beer run ever in which zach efron is trying to deliver a beer to his friends in the vietnam war <laughs> at the right. actual plot um it also has okay. russell crowe who's in a real weird phase right now um there were plenty of people standing for peter farrelly to be an auteur before uh, the oscars got around to him I yeah. got I got legions on my feed who will go to bat for any Fairly Brothers movie pre right. uh, Green Book. Um, but if you're worried about it's being released by Apple, so no one will see it except the Academy when they're blanketed with screeners in the three weeks leading up to the Oscars. Wait, do people um, not have Apple TV Plus? Is that no, no, they the, don't. They don't. The the reason the only reason, and I don't think this is a conspiracy theory. I think this is accepted fact that Coda won the Oscar is because the, they blitzed the Academy with screeners three weeks before the Oscars. No one else precisely. Oh, yeah, precisely because they hadn't seen it through normal channels, like having right. Apple TV Plus, that it gained momentum at the end. I think I, I'm the fucking Mark who just has all these. I've got Peacock. I've got Apple Plus. I got Paramount Plus. 
But it's also like, if you think about it, like my mom desperately wanted to see Coda and she had no idea how. And I'm like, the only way for you to see this year's best picture winner is for me to go to your house, set up an Apple account for you, put it on your, like, that's insane. So like all these people got excited about this movie that you have to like have an Apple ID to watch. Like it's, that's a whole other issue. The point is Apple can fuck off. Um, Sick and sad. Sick and sad. Uh, but new uh, Anna Lily Emmerich, visionary director, according to the uh, was it a trailer that came out or something, some sort of ad copy called her visionary director Anna Lily Emmerich, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. I mean, what the that name? I don't even I didn't even look at what the plot is. Mona Lisa and the Blood yeah. Moon. Well, it stars Kate Hudson, which is always a weird thing these days um yeah it's something about a psychic girl and it's something about new orleans i have no idea oh, I, oh man you just sold me even more <laughs> so it's like honestly i'm an uh, uh who made a girl walk someone alone at night uh, uh, a girl walks home alone at night which is great um making like an a psychedelic occult movie set in new orleans pretty much this is so, so up my alley this is like if I were the kind of guy who like like talked about edibles, this would be like uh <laughs> eat an edible, right? I'm guessing. Edible people. Chime in. Is this an edible movie? <laughs> edible hive, activate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I don't know. I'm uh uh, uh I, I I try I like you can ask my wife and Tyler and my past therapist, like trying to stay current is like something that I do like to a fault that it's like an actual, like uh, uh pathology almost that I have, but uh, I've never, it doesn't, but I've never been current on weed or video games. So I don't feel bad about not being up to date on those things. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 could, I might sound like a, I'm 80 years old saying edible, but <laughs> seems like an edible movie. <laughs> sure. Um, also on the 30th coming directly to Amazon prime, you have my best friend's exorcism, which is quite a title. Um, it's based on a novel. Um, it's kind of a horror comedy. Um, and it stars Elsie Fisher, who I'm glad to see continuing to get work after eighth grade because she was great in that. Um, Um, uh, I'm curious about smile, another horror movie, um, coming out on the, on the 30th because I, uh, saw the teaser i think before top gun maverick does that make sense yeah um and uh creeped me out so uh um, i'm it curious looks weird in a good way yeah um also on the 30th you have the good house which seems to be a fairly inoffensive comedy um but it does star sigourney weaver and kevin klein so i'm always gonna you know stand there uh, well it's from uh maya forbes and wally waldarski um who uh have made other such things as hold on i'm calling it up uh the polka king which i didn't like and uh infinitely polar bear which is better than its title but not enough so that you should go check it out um but, but like, uh, doesn't a romance between Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver sound delightful? That's what I was going to say. I will still probably check this out because of Sigourney Weaver and noted St. Louis and Kevin Klein um, and uh, Marina Bacharin. Or I think it's Bacharin. You don't say the 
Ch, I think. I used to do that, and I think I got corrected. Uh, okay. But I like Marina Baccarin from uh, Firefly and, uh, and Homeland. Um, also, uh, speaking of Kevin Klein, we're just missing, it's just missing the cutoff, but his son directed a movie that's out like this week, uh, at least on VOD, that's great, uh, called Funny Pages. Um, that's a uh, sort of a comedy about a uh, self-important teenager who drops out of high school to become a full-time cartoonist and ends up running around with a bunch of uh, weirdos and psychos and scumbags. And it's really great and really funny. Yeah, uh, I've, I've def- been meaning to check that out. Yeah, um, definitely everyone should check out Funny Pages. Um, so then, one, one of the, if we did it, was it's one of the, my favorite movies of the year so far. Funny Pages. Just right on. Um, moving on, I think to the seventh um, of October. Okay, well, there, yeah. There's also Vesper, oh. which I don't know much about, but I keep pointing out these like IFC putting out all these. I feel like IFC used to mean one thing, like. 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. And now I mostly associate them with like genre movies. It seems well, like they have a genre branch. IFC midnight is their more explicitly genre yeah. label. But weirdly Vesper, which is a sci-fi fantasy, according to this is not an IFC midnight. Or maybe IFC midnight is more explicitly horror only. Okay. okay. Um, but anyway, it sounds cool. All right, so on to the seventh. What yeah, do you got? the seventh is stacked. Starting off, you have Amsterdam, which is David O. Russell's um, first film in, I think, seven years. Um, the, it's it's like a vague, I think it's a true story. It's a period piece of a crime thriller from the 30s. Um, obviously, this cast is insane. Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington are the three leads. And then scattered throughout, you have like Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, um, Zoe Saldana, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Taylor Swift. Like it just keeps going and going. Robert De Niro, yeah. I guess. Um, I feel like it's maybe what, where is like, what is the temperature on David O. Russell these days? I feel like a tide I, turned against him or. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of, against him. I mean, because it also part of it is him as a person and his onset behavior mm-hmm. um, is, is a big part of it. But also I mean, the, the last, uh, the last couple movies he made weren't that good. I mean, I didn't joy see it. But we loved we're joy fans, we're huge joy fans in this yeah. house. When, yep. when joy works, it, 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 it sings, but um, it's also, I mean, I feel like David Russell's movies often feel like, it looks like they had fun making it and that's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing either, but like, yeah, Bradley Cooper enjoy. Oh my God. That's a great performance. But, um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't love it overall. I'm trying to think what's the last, cause I didn't love the fighter. I, I heart Huckabee is might be the last David Russell movie that I really liked. Wow. What a, what a temperature room temperature opinion that is. <laughs> You As, like American uh, Hustle? Yeah, American yeah. Hustle is a blast. Like, talk about a movie that is fueled by actors having a good time. Like, they if they can keep up. See, this is the problem with like the actors having a good time movies. They usually can't convey the energy of the set. David Russell can convey the energy of the set, and to me, that that's enough for my nine dollars. Um, quick, quick vibe check. Has Punchy Scott entered the chat? Is that where we're at now? <laughs> I thought it was uh, Punchy Scott possible. from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, I just I just felt like there was a vibe shift. Just checking in. Um, okay. So speaking of um, long unseen auteurs, um, October seventh also brings a new Todd Field movie. I have um, nothing punchy to say about this. Todd Field freaking rocks, and this movie is mm-hmm. gonna be awesome. 
Um, yeah, this is Tar, starring Kate Blanchett as an orchestra conductor, which sounds weird, and I'm here for it. Um, yeah. You also have uh, Nina Haas and Noemi Merlin, who are exciting people to watch. Yeah, Noemi Merlin is. Um, uh, what do I know her from? Um, Portrait of a Lady on, on fire. fire. Oh, okay, and then also um, more recently. Jumbo. Um, no, wasn't she in? Who am I thinking of? Was she not in? She was in Paris Thirteenth District. That was the last thing. Last thing I yeah. saw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, that's exciting. Um. And then also on that date, we have Lyle Lyle Crocodile for something completely different. They made that children's book into a movie. I'm not totally sure how they did the crocodile, but I'm a little scared to be honest. I feel like no matter how you do it, it's going to be weird, right? Because I think it's like CG live action, like all the people are people and then they just plunk in this weird crocodile. Um, Wait, so what's am... the crocodile doing? I'm unclear on the premise. Of this did you not read this book as a kid? This is like a famous no. children's book. I've, um, I've never even heard of it until two seconds ago. <laughs> I think it's it's sort of, I think like the, the maybe like the Paddington mold of just like, there's this anthropomorphized animal who's just like slightly adrift in a world of humans. It's kind of that format. Um, but yeah, Lyle is a singing crocodile who loves baths, caviar, and great music who among us. Um, but then there's like, crocodile. there's an evil person who is not cool with there being an anthropomorphized crocodile, like living his best life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's uh Sean Mendes is the voice of the crocodile. Sure. And then there's Javier Bardem, Constance Wu, Scoot McNary. Sure. Um, Brett Gelman playing someone named Mr. Grumps. I'm guessing he's the villain. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, who knows? I seems like challenging material, but they went for it. And here we are. Um, but also speaking of adapting childhood classics, I'm very torn about another title coming out on the seventh. It is Catherine mm -hmm. called birdie. This, this is uh, the second Lena Dunham movie of the year. Lena Dunham is, yep. entering her Neil LeBute era. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird sentence. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's my hesitation is that I have a lot of problems with Lena Dunham as a director and as a person, but this book is like the official book of weirdo millennial girls. Like I devoured this book. I read it over and over and over. The premise is basically there's this like, uh, kind of rambunctious, like teenage girl in medieval times who her parents keep trying to marry her off to horrible suitors. And she keeps foiling their plans through like increasingly elaborate schemes. It's really funny. It's just, it's really great. So I'm like, I'm very torn because someone I have a lot of problems with directed this, an adaptation of this book that is very dear to me. So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'd never read the book. Off those I, problems while watching the movie yeah. and make sure we all know. <laughs> um, I never heard of the book, but uh, I, I like Lena Dunham. I understand why she's a problem. I definitely get that, but uh, I tend to like her, her stuff, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. Also on the seventh, we have Triangle of Sadness, the Palme d'Or winner of this Palme year. D'Or winner. Um, it was a controversial choice. Um, I think a lot of people considered it a bad choice. Um, this is the second Palme d'Or win for Ruben Oslin, who also directed The Square. 
this is another kind of satire of wacky rich people. Yeah. Well, you forgot to mention, I mean, he, he also made force majeure. That's true. That's a good movie. I mean, the square yes. is not awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, the square is, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like joy. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but uh, I like force majeure a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, it may be, maybe he's one of those people that like the more money and resources he has, the worse it gets. Yeah. I saw one of his movies that he made before force majeure and it's also kind of just fine. I think there's something about force majeure that just like completely clicked and the other stuff is like, okay, I I, I get it. Fine. Um, but stars Woody Harrelson. That's always fun. And Harris Dickinson who's popping up a lot here. Um, also on the seventh, there's a new Hellraiser on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So that happened. I don't really have much more to say about that. Yeah, and it's um, so David Bruckner, the director, um, made The Night House, um, a horror movie with uh, uh, a horror movie with Rebecca Hall, if you can imagine, um, that I quite liked. Uh, but then he also made The Ritual, which I didn't really like and he did one of the uh, entries in the first vhs i don't know he's 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 hit or miss but um i don't know i having within the last year rewatched the original hellraiser um it's really great uh and i uh, am gonna be if i see this i'm gonna be seeing it with a very like uh, uh all right prove prove yourself to me type of attitude why do we need this Hellraiser's good yeah, I haven't seen any of the Hellraiser movies, but Scott, didn't we recently discover some obscure Hellraiser entry online and became obsessed with it for a day because it had an insane synopsis? Yeah, he went to space and there is an intersection with the past and somehow these things made sense and it was like 88 minutes and I was like, this movie sounds dope. Yeah, all these franchises go to space. Leprechaun went to space, Jason went <laughs> yeah, to space, true. right? Yeah, yeah. Where else can you go after a certain point? Well, Babadook, you're next. <laughs> well, Leprechaun went, he went to space first, then to the hood. Oh. And, and then he went back to the hood. True. So maybe that's the next step. Hellraiser in, in the hood. Okay. How are you going to keep him down on the hood after this in space? <laughs> True. Uh, all right. What else? What, what else we got on the seventh? Anything else? Um, nothing. Okay. Um, well, Close there's something oh, called the swimmer. Um, a competitive swimmer comes to terms with his sexuality as he fights to win. Could, okay. could be interesting. I don't know. Um, but yeah, a, a midweek oddity for you on, um, October 11th, they made a movie about a, um, spirit Halloween store coming to life. That's cute. Um, yeah. Unless it's supposed to be scary. I don't think it's supposed to be that scary. Um, okay. It has Christopher Lloyd and Rachel Lee Cook in it, um, direct to VOD. Um, but yes, this this plants us firmly in spooky season, um, which makes Speaking sense. Of because which, exact, take it away. Oh, the kicking off Friday the fourteenth. Two, yeah, we're one one day off. Uh, Friday the fourteenth. Uh, Halloween ends. Uh, David Gordon Green. Uh, puts his version of this saga to rest, I guess, based on the uh, uh, name, unless it's a hit in which they'll keep making more. Um, But uh, I don't know. I don't have any any thoughts on these. 
Yeah, it, it's see, I mean, they're they're hedging. It's it's theaters and day and date on Peacock. Um, but I are people liking this like reboot? I, I feel like I, they come out and then they just disappear on impact or are people into them. I, I, I think I feel like it's a mixed franchise bag. movies though, right? Like oh. most there's a lot of franchise movies that come out and people are like, okay, and then they kind of go away. Yeah. 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 But uh-huh. I'm excited about the next movie on the list. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Park Chan-wook's decision to leave. Yes. I very don't know what else to say. It's a new this. Park Chan-wook movie. Um, yeah. It's like, it's sort of a murder mystery with a romance. Um, this, like, landed really well, I think, at Cannes. It's, yeah, it's been on the festival circuit. And, like, I, after The Handmaiden, like, I'm all in. Like, uh, apparently, this is kind of more in that mold. Um maybe not quite as out there, but it's definitely kind of like that level of drama, like melodrama and tension and stoked, stoked. Uh, um, next up is Till, which is from director Chinonye Chukwu, who made Clemency, which was uh, a really good movie. Um, and had Clemency, is, it's a death penalty movie. I think I went into it thinking, okay, this is going to be like an issue movie, like a Life of David Gale type of movie. But uh, Clemency is much um, more uh, psychological and character-based and much more uncompromising than I expected. So again, now here we are with her, her making a, a, a very important historical biopic um, about... Uh, about the murder of Emmett Till and and um, from what I understand it follows it's more about Emmett Till's mother after the murder than it is about the the events themselves but I would say given that I was skeptical skeptical about clemency and 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 loved it what sounds like it could be a sort of like uh, dry prestige uh, uh, movie I'm expecting good things yeah i i was a little less into clemency but i it you know does seem to be a more stable hand than some other people who could have taken on the material so that seems to bode well um also on the 14th you have rosaline which i'm i really don't know about it's a revisionist take on romeo and juliet um told from the vantage point of romeo's jilted ex-girlfriend oh yeah okay which is a choice. Um, but it stars, um, Caitlin Dever, 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 who I really like. Yeah. Um, so she's very charming. It also has Bradley Whitford, a mini driver. So that's, that bodes well. Yeah. Um, but they're dumping it on Hulu. So who knows? Um, it, I feel like there's like a weird Romeo and Juliet, like alternate take moment because they just announced they're like, making a stage musical about like, what if Juliet didn't end up with Romeo or something? Um, which weirdly is the plot of a fictional musical in the Tootsie stage musical. <laughs> like we saw the musical <laughs> of Tootsie and instead of a soap opera, they changed it to this musical about Juliet. And I'm like, have these people not seen Tootsie? Like we did this. All- okay, fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Weirdly hot moment for yeah. Romeo and Juliet offshoots. Um, also on the 14th, you have white bird, a wonder story, which is really weird. So a few years ago, there was that movie wonder about Jacob Tremblay being like disabled or something. And people made fun of him. And then he taught them about kindness. 
Hey, this... it's a it's a good movie. I like Wonder. Okay. Um, I'm less clear what this movie about the Holocaust has to do with that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably some really tenuous connection where it's his great grandmother or something, and they're just shoehorning it in and trying to create a wonder cinematic universe because it's literally called White Bird: colon, A Wonder Story. Yeah. Um. I think it's maybe based, it's like written by the same guy and that's why, but it does seem very tenuous. Um, So I don't know, but it has Julian Anderson and Helen Mirren. Mark Um, Forster. We were uh, last week on the podcast, Aaron and I were just talking about Mark Forster and like, I liked monsters ball when it came out, given the ways that I've changed my tastes have changed. I don't know that I would feel the same way. I don't know if you guys have seen monsters ball, more recently uh, uh no i watched it when it came out with my dad that was oh, an unfortunate wow. life choice yeah i don't have more anything that but than you would I, think yeah i watched the people versus larry flint with my dad that was a weird uh, oh boy uh, that was a weird choice oh boy um but uh but yeah but then like even if let's say monsters ball does hold up and i still uh, like it what a like a weird like downfall of a career like i mean his last movie was that um christopher robin yeah right which oof, the the uh, alex ross perry scripted christopher robin movie very very bad and, and and strange so yeah this is what the guy who made monsters ball is doing now yes white so. bird a wonder story but jillian anderson and helen mirren there you yeah. go um also on the 14th you have oh wait i'm sorry i'm just reading the description here um it says that her experience demonstrates the power of kindness to change hearts wow we haven't had any stories about that in in recent years uh i'm totally turned around i'm i'm uh, now into this this very novel take that uh being kind can make the world a, a a better place all the just so many great tv shows and, yeah. and movies that have covered uh, that that have been that that have uh, not been able to tap i guess this endless well of just be kind condescending cynical bullshit <laughs> but how do you really feel <laughs> <laughs> look i'm saying the second season of ted lasso is a crime it should be prosecuted and i haven't seen any of the the teddy bear movies for some reason like on its surface, like, can we just take a step back and appreciate the fact that Ted Lasso does not seem like a show that should be this divisive? Because <laughs> I feel like half of the people are like, I will kill your whole family if you say anything bad about Ted Lasso. And then there's people being like, "It's a cr- this show is a crime. Like, isn't it just like a pleasant show about soccer? <laughs> like, why is it so divisive? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people just... I think it's because people don't know I'm speaking very broadly, but I feel increasingly at sea in a culture that doesn't know how to like anything without standing it. I like, and, and, and okay. cannot brook any criticism to me. I like, I love hearing criticisms of things that I like. It gives me mm-hmm. more ways to think about it and, and, and maybe deepens my appreciation or maybe causes me to, to rethink. But, um, e- yeah, I, th- I mean, people just like make things their personality now. They're they're, yeah. they're and and I think something like Ted Lasso that like superficially has like a positive message. People um, uh, 
cling on to it as a way of um, defining themselves as good people. Um, it's weird that they don't define themselves that way in interacting with people who don't like the show, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and by the way, I was on the Ted Lasso train for the first season. I think the first season is really nice. It's got some corny stuff in it, but I like I wasn't expecting it not to. It's the the second season that is, like it it makes me feel like an alien when I hear people praise the second season, because it, to me, it's uh, with the exception of one storyline, it's so hollow and empty and cynical and it goes in circles and repeats itself. And it's the sort of thinnest, I think uh defensive, like mental health that I've ever seen uh, passed off as uh advocacy. Uh, I, I really, Really, by the end of the second season of Ted Lasso, I was really angry at the show. All right. So I guess I'm one of the bad ones because I'm mad at. No, I'm not. I'm I... mad about Ted Lasso. Other people are mad about people who don't like Ted Lasso. I'm I'm, I'm part of the problem. I have no I have no side in this war. I just yeah. find it odd. But uh, also, I have truth. my. 2021 new year's resolution was just like as much as possible stop being negative on twitter so uh sometimes on this podcast i may be like overcompensate <laughs> maybe i'm a little meaner on the podcast because i know so you found a loophole to your resolution and they, and they love me um Perfect. so uh so yeah i'm saying all the things i bit my tongue uh about on twitter okay all right let's move on to um, uh old man new yeah. lucky mckee uh, movie. Um, uh, Lucky McKee's a weirdo who makes weird movies, and um, uh, May is one of my favorite horror movies of the 21st century so far. It's 20 years old now, um, and I haven't. There's a lot of stuff that he's made that I haven't seen uh, since then. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, interested in a new Lucky McKee movie. Um. Also on uh, October 14th is Piggy, which is a horror movie from Spain that I know um, landed pretty well on the festival circuit. I think it's like a kind of teenage revenge horror situation. Um, Nicholas Cage is not in this one. Correct. Right. There's no sign of Nicholas Cage that I know of. I suppose he could make a very yeah, surprising true. cameo, <laughs> yeah. but um, also on the 14th um, on Netflix, there's the curse of bridge hollow, which is a Halloween movie with Marlon Wayans. Sure. Um, and then also on the 14th um, there's, there's still, we're trying to figure out how to make pandemic movies. And I'm curious, like, do you feel like there's been any like movies on TV that is like about the pandemic that's been good? Uh, Bad Luck Banging um, sure. was was good. And then, I mean, yeah, a lot of movies have like found ways to touch on it. You know, let's say like it shows up at the end of Worst Person in the World and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think Bad Luck Banging is the closest movie that's like, yeah. I think yeah. we talked about this in the end of your episode last year, but um, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, the last segment of that touches on the pandemic without being about the pandemic. That's and right. I think it's the best way that I've seen so far. Um, more direct pandemic movies. I mean, more recently, Claire Denis, Both Sides of the Blade, I thought was incredible and a great portrait of just like the background of the pandemic. Yeah, I, but I feel like the best pandemic movies, the pandemic has been more of a background 
feature. It has not been like the central focus, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I've seen a movie where it's been the central focus. Oh, yeah. Thank so God this- you, uh, you spared yourself by skipping that uh, James McAvoy, Sharon Horgan. Oh, uh, yeah. I did not movie. see that movie. Because this Oof. sounds kind of like that. It's called um, The Same Storm. Um, and man, they are playing the hits. Apparently this covers like the pandemic. It covers black lives matter. It covers distance learning. I'm like, this is too much. Um, but it's directed by Peter Hedges. Who's Lucas Hedges, dad, um, has Raul Castillo and Mary Louise Parker. But I'm just like, we, it's, it's also new that it's like, we, I feel like we don't know how to make movies about it yet where it's at the forefront. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, like my favorite pandemic that like, I feel like Kimmy, Your favorite pandemic, my favorite pandemic. Um, I feel like, oh, yeah, Kimmy's the best. Um, but it's also like, you could make that movie with no pandemic, I you know, and I, be as effective, I think, I mean, he wrote it, I think before the pandemic or it was written before. Oh, I know. Um, but sometimes life swoops in and gives you the perfect way to present an existing story and i don't think that movie would be half as interesting without the pandemic okay um okay and then uh another midweek one on um october 20th there is the fifth installment in the vhs franchise coming to shutter yeah vhs Um, 99 yeah um let's see Directors this time include the musician Flying Lotus. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I don't know a lot of these people, but I, that could just be me being out of touch. I feel like at this point, if you ask nicely, they'll, like, they'll let any of us direct a segment of one of these at this point. I mean... Yeah. I saw the first two. Um, the second one is better just by um, virtue of having that um, um, Gareth... Uh, I can't remember which one's which. Oh, uh, um, Evans and Edwards. Yeah, but the raid yeah. guy. Um, oh, okay. Um, I think that's Evans. Maybe I, I was going to say Evans too. Okay. Yeah. Um, the 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 one he made, which is um, not only the best VHS entry of the two that I've seen, but it's one of the best uh, like found footage type movies uh, I've, I've I've ever seen. I can't remember the. I'm trying to see if I can find the name of the segment, but uh oh shit it's uh safe haven yeah safe haven is awesome i would say if you haven't seen vhs2 just check out safe haven on its own if you can find it right on um moving on to october 21st um there's the black adam movie i don't know much about the character i don't know if he's interesting at all yeah uh, i don't know much about the character either but with Tyler not being there here, I feel the need to just represent the nerd contingent of the audience and say that I'm very excited to see Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Um, pure nerd thing. Dr. Fate's a cool character. Never really been taken advantage of. And Pierce Brosnan's a great actor for that character. Um, I didn't realize this was a Jean Collet-Sera uh, joint. Yeah. That's also uh, of interest. It is, but like it, I didn't see um, Jungle Cruise. Um are we losing something by him like sort of graduating from like the sort of, uh, you know, mid tier, uh, mid budget, um, you know, August type of release, not, not August, but, uh, (laughs) you know, August release, 
genre stuff like like the shallows like is him moving into um this realm uh a, a waste of his uh vulgar auteurist talents uh undoubtedly i i it's my guess would be that he has a bit more leeway at warner brothers than he does at disney but maybe the common denominator between johnson of it all cancels all that mm-hmm. out so it's hard to say mm-hmm. certainly he's never going to top the shallows anyway so it doesn't matter um also right. on uh october 21st is a new martin mcdonough joint which is exciting um the banshees of inishurin hey, it's kind of exciting I'm more of a John Michael guy myself when it comes okay. to McDonough's. I'm a John Michael guy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm interested in the Banshees of Inisharan. I mean, uh, if it weren't for Inish- him re with Colin Farrell and Brandon Gleeson, I think I'd be less interested, but it's a potent combo. Yeah, and it's basically like about two dudes who are friends and then they're suddenly not friends and they like fight. I mean, th- this seems like more in the wheelhouse of, I feel like, where he can really excel i think um so i'm looking forward to it um also on october 21st in a move that feels straight out of 2001 maybe Mm -hmm. um there is a new rom-com called ticket to paradise starring george clooney and julia roberts um and the aforementioned caitlin deaver i cannot and billy lord Uh, Lord. caitlin deaver and billy lord book smart reunion book smart reunion i cannot for the life of me figure out why this is an october release i feel like it could really like be gangbusters in like an early april slot like it just seems really weird to have it like competing against prestige movies but i'm stoked to be counter programming you know probably <laughs> people who don't want to see you know the fucking banshees of anish aaron like, hey, a nice movie for us to see with pretty people i don't know yeah. i'm i'm interested i like the cast oh, i don't know sure. the works of director oh parker he directed um the mama mia movies okay and he is married to tandy newton that is the extent of my knowledge oh um but yeah it's like you know they star as a divorced couple and they have to come together for their daughter's wedding um and like the trailer has them like sniping in each other and then like drunken dancing drunkenly together and it's like yeah put it in my veins i want it all great Mm -hmm. um also, right, new Paul Feig. New Paul Feig dropping. Um, strangely, it is a fantasy based on like a YA book called The School for Good and Evil. Um, but it has so fantasy means effects. And um, I feel like I'm being so negative this episode. I guess I'm getting a look. I got a lot of my mind. Um, so, yeah, fantasy means effects and effects means, you know, the Ghostbusters. Uh, remake that was not very good i just like i guess i like paul feig in a, a different mode yeah you know? i, I mean, like the heat and i like spy yeah but like i mean it has kate blanchett charlize theron carrie washington Lawrence fishburne michelle yo peter serafinowitz like that's wild i'm um, still trying to figure out with paul feig if a simple favor was a complete aberration in his filmography or if we'll ever get a taste of that back I never saw it. Oh, it's so it's so good. good. <laughs> yeah, it's so up my alley too. Yeah, it's 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 so much better than you could ever imagine. Yeah, and like by up my alley, I mean, I basically mean that it's Blake Lively wearing nice clothes. <laughs> I mean, and you're not going to top it for that. Yeah, it is exquisite. Um, 
Also on October 21st is After Sun, which is um, another Paul Mescal joint. Um, this uh, played at Cannes, and it's it's just like a you know quiet British two hander, but apparently it really landed. So yeah, I was. Uh, uh, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to work it into the schedule for TIFF, and I'm very uh, very sad about that because I uh, really want to see it. It's, it sounds great. Um, and then still on the 21st, uh, Raymond and Ray, which is a movie starring Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke as half brothers. Um, and talk about okay. two people who just had like had opposite career factors, right? Cause like Hawk, he started out and everyone was kind of like, I don't know, Ethan Hawke, do we really like him? And Ewan McGregor was like, this guy's amazing. And so yeah. then they completely switched places. So they're being uh, brought together to stabilize the universe, I guess. I know. Um, um, but I think I've said on this podcast before that Rodrigo Garcia is one of those directors that I'd like his stuff as often as I don't, but I'm always curious what he's chosen to make, uh, uh, movies about. And this is, um, him reuniting with, uh, Ewan McGregor cause he directed the last days in the desert where Ewan McGregor played Jesus. Uh, so yeah, uh, just being a Rodrigo Garcia movie starring these two, um, I'm definitely, interested unfortunately it's an apple movie so no one over 50 can watch it but oh well oh, well luckily i'm i'm under 40 though i'll be 40 by the time it comes out um and uh i know perfectly well how to operate my apple <laughs> device thank you very much that's ages <laughs> um <laughs> let's see um also on the 21st you have argentina 1985 which is like a true story legal thriller um about Argentina in 1985, presumably. Um, uh, there's a documentary called Brainwashed, colon, Sex Camera Power, um, which is about, like, gendered filmmaking in the male gaze. Yeah, and this is um, directed by Nina Menkes, um, who uh, I feel like I have... Um, now, I don't mean like I've discovered, I'm saying I personally have discovered Nina Mankey. I didn't like discover her on behalf of anybody. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, a few, by a few years ago, I mean, probably five years ago um, at AFI Fest, when AFI Fest used to have a like repertory type category, um, they showed a new restoration of Queen of Diamonds, uh, which is one of her movies that's uh, fantastic. Um, and then... Uh, I've seen another one of hers uh, since then, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in brain washed sex camera power. Uh, you also skipped a documentary called all the breeze, which is about two brothers trying to a documentary about two brothers trying to save a bird or trying to protect a bird. That sounds good. Um, yeah. There's some other docs on the state too. There's descendant, which is about um, the descendants of the last slave ship ever to arrive in the U S um, I know that, landed well at festivals um there's also a very curious sounding one called the pez outlaw which is a true st a story of a guy who like tried to find these like this rare pez factory or something to okay. like strike it rich um also title wise you can't really beat the pez outlaw um there's a documentary called the return of tanya tucker at oh my god the return of tanya tucker featuring brandy carlisle that's the full title um and it's about uh, Brandy Carlisle joining Tanya Tucker to kind of like uh, write a new album. Um, I think that's it for that day. All right. 
last weekend in October, Halloween, right on the corner. It's time to get scary. In fact, it's Armageddon time. It is Armageddon time. That's a, that's a horror movie, right? <laughs> I haven't looked at anything about it. It's a horror movie, I'm guessing. Sure. Um, no, this is the new Gray, James Gray joint. Yeah. Um, this was um, a big hit at Cannes. Um, weirdly, when it was first announced, it seemed like it was more about the Trump family because it takes place in the 80s. Um, and that was really foregrounded in the early announcements. And that sounded kind of insufferable because it sounded like it'd be one of those things where like, every time any of them do anything and then they like look at the camera and it's like, and then you know what happens in 40 years, but apparently yeah. that's a very minor part of it. It just like James gray did like go to school with members of the Trump family. Um, so there are characters in it, but it's mostly just like a semi autobiographical coming of age story. Um, it has Anthony Hopkins Anne Hathaway, Jeremy strong, and people just said it's amazing. And I'm stoked. Um, all right. Let's see. Call Jane. Uh, uh, what's the story with this one? So um, it's about underground abortion networks in the 60s. Um, I'm not going to harp on how topical this is because I assume listeners are educated people. Um, but yeah. it's directed by Phyllis Nagy, who wrote Carol. Um, has Elizabeth Banks, Sigourney Weaver, Chris Messina. Um, and yeah. I like those people. So, all right. Well, this is Halloween weekend, so maybe the call to Jane is coming from inside the house. Pretty proud of Moving yourself on. for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving on to another spooky title. <laughs> Holy spider. Um, and I think that inflection is yours. There's no exclamation point or anything, but um, yeah, this is, um, I believe, an Iranian film about a serial killer who's targeting um, sex workers and then the journalist trying to uncover it. Um, this played at Cannes, and I think it was kind of controversial for having it, there be salacious subject matter and kind of engaging with the idea that in Iran, the murder of sex workers is maybe not seen as like an explicitly bad thing and just kind of mm. wrestling with the like complexity and morals around that idea. Um, but people liked it and they got picked up. Um, also on the 20th. It's from oh, uh, yeah. uh, Ali Abbasi or Abbasi who made uh, border a few years ago. To oh, right. that, that movie. Um. Also on uh, the 28th, there's a new Hong Sang Su. Yeah. Hell yeah. New Hong. Clear your count. And I was, I was like, well, if anything, we'll bring him back this way. I am yeah. one Hong behind. I, I haven't seen the introduction yet, but uh, I'll get around to it by year's end. Okay. The novelist's film. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be um, great. Uh also on the 28th, there's a movie called Please, Baby, Please, which sounds insane because it basically sounds like a John Waters movie. Yeah. Um, it's like a couple, they witness a murder and then they get roped into a greaser gang that's obsessed with sex. <laughs> um, sounds insane. Um, has Andrea Risebro, Harry Melling, and Demi Moore. Sure. Oh, I like Andrea Risebro. Um. um also on the 28th, Run Sweetheart Run, which I think premiered at Sundance like several years ago at this point. Um, really? It's, uh, yeah, it's basically like a woman is trying to escape um, 
like a bad date or something like okay. it, it goes weird and then he's hunting her down it's it's a blumhouse it's direct to amazon and they seem to have kind of like honed in on a business model that works for them in terms of these amazon movies you know so sounds like so please baby please run sweetheart run similar title structures very different sounding movies yes <laughs> yeah um i think that's all i have for the 28th uh wait what is the ambush why does that sound familiar to me um, i'm trying to look it up it's a very generic title <laughs> yeah um let's see uh oh <laughs> uh because it's from the director of uh taken okay and district b13 and the aforementioned peppermint <laughs> okay all right so that's that's the ambush okay that's why um, pierre morel's name sounded familiar he also made the gunman with sean penn which is the completely forgotten sean penn taken <laughs> do you remember that Everyone's oh, yeah. got their own taken now. There's 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 bullfighting in it. Sure. Uh, uh, you got a, a near Mar Neil Marshall film on the twenty eighth. Um, near Martin, near, I can't say Neil Marshall. I keep saying near. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's if it was a if it was a Neil Marshall ripoff, it would be a near Marshall. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know Neil Marshall. Um, came on to the scene pretty strong with dog soldiers and, um, and, and the descent. And then he did some of the, uh, most famous, uh, game of Thrones episodes, uh, but, um, and one Hannibal, but, uh, it does seem like he's kind of fallen off in, in recent years. In fact, his last film that I saw the reckoning was, uh, just straight up, not good, unfortunately. Um, all right. So all right. Moving, moving into November. November. So this is November 4th into Thanksgiving um, mode into Thanksgiving mode. Um, so coming from Amazon, we have my policeman, which is a, um, period queer love story. It's kind of like set in the fifties and the nineties. And I think it's like, there's a, uh, heterosexual married couple in the nineties. And then like the, the, the husband's like lover from many years ago resurfaces. And there's like, you know, uh, flashbacks and all that. Um, it stars Harry Styles, who again is getting into acting. It seems, um, he's been getting a lot of heat lately for queer baiting. Mm -hmm. Like he's kind of going around and being like, Ooh, what's my sexuality? You'll never know. And then about this movie, he said like, Oh, like the love scenes in it are really tender. Not like all those gay movies where the guys are just going at it. And people were like, yeah. which movies are those? Like, yeah. is that, were you watching porn? Yeah. Like what, yeah. I don't know what he would be talking about exactly. So it hasn't been the best press tour moment for him, but yeah, the material seems strong. It's based on a novel. I think it also stars um, Emma Corrin. Um, it's directed by, it seems like a theater guy, which can okay. really go either way. Um, but I just like that. It has a period divergent framing device. It's like, you don't get a lot of those anymore. People don't want to pay for, two actors in a room to talk about the movie. <laughs> uh, I'm genuinely okay. a fan of it. I, I love Bridges of Madison County. I love, uh, okay. Benjamin Button. I was trying uh -huh. to think of, uh, examples of what you're talking about. Yeah. Madison County. Okay. Um, Luca Guadagnino made a documentary about Salvatore Ferragamo. 
That's yeah. interesting. Um, I've seen the trailer a bunch of times and it's like, I'm not particularly inclined to care about shoes, but um, it's Luca Guadagnino. It seems like Martin Scorsese is prominently featured as a talking head. And apparently mm-hmm. Michael Stuhlbarg is the narrator. So it could be interesting, honestly. Well, I, yeah, I am interested in the subject matter and all of those things as well. So I'm definitely, uh, definitely curious about that. Um, also on the fourth, um, Enola Holmes two happened. I guess. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's move on then. <laughs> uh, another documentary, uh, meet me in the bathroom. Um, doesn't have quite the, uh, uh, pedigree of Luca Guadagnino, but it is, um, definitely about subject matter that I'm interested in, which is the early two thousands, New York city sort of rock and roll revival, uh, scene. Um, so yeah, um, interested in meet me in the bathroom. Um, are, are we moving on to the 11th or do you have anything more? Um, nothing I want to call out particularly. Um, well, speaking of famous anti-vaxxer Letitia Wright, uh, <laughs> Black Panther 2 comes out on 11-11 corduroy day. What? what? <laughs> That's actually a real thing. There's uh, people celebrate corduroy day on 11-11 because it is the date that looks most like corduroy. Um and you know, we're, we're corduroy on 11. Oh, so we're talking about the material, not the book. The book the, corduroy? Yeah, about the bear. Hello. I thought of that bear's name was Paddington. <laughs> it's a different bear. <laughs> Wait, now who's Babar? <laughs> That's an elephant. Scott, back okay. me up on corduroy, please. I, uh, this all sounds like something the shoemaker of dreams would know about and not something that a, a mirror, you know, regular guy like I would know. Um, okay. Well, hopefully well, anyway. there are some listeners out there who acknowledge the children's classic corduroy. It's about a bear that's like lost in a department store. Anyway, black pants. Is it better or worse than Lyle Lyle crocodile? I think better, honestly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, wear your corduroy to go see black Panther Wakanda forever. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is obviously, you know, an interesting situation because they made the first Black Panther and then Chadwick Boseman sadly passed away. So nobody quite knows how they're going to deal with this. Um, you know, they brought back everyone else in the cast and it's kind of heavily implied that probably Letitia Wright kind of like becomes the focal character. Um, And it's kind of interesting because when I saw Black Panther, I wasn't a huge fan of it because I honestly thought that the titular character was the least interesting. I thought they like, and and not because Chadwick Boseman isn't compelling. It's not that it's just like surrounded by all these other characters who have much more direct like motivations and arcs and skills. He just kind of seemed adrift as a character. So I am kind of curious what a Black Pantherless Black Panther would look like um yeah yeah there's also i saw the trailer there's like a lot of wild underwater stuff there's like a big whale i don't know okay um i also feel like i've maybe never liked a ryan coogler movie so this might who knows um but also on the 11th we got a new spielberg yeah new spielberg dropping um it's called spielberg tony kushner collab true um all of which have been stellar it's true so this is the fablemans and it's a semi-autobiographical kind of coming of age story as 
I saw an article today where they pointed out that he's been kicking around kind of like a version of this for years, but his, both of his parents recently passed away and he had alluded to kind of not wanting to really go full throttle with it until that happened, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of interesting, but obviously he can hire whoever he wants. So the cast is popping. Um, The parents are played by um, Paul Dano and Michelle Williams. You got Seth Rogen as a wacky uncle, got Jeannie Berlin, Judd Hirsch. It's all happening. It's going to be great. Yeah, And I'm seeing people are like already the people who like, I, I don't know. I'm uh, people who go to bat for Belfast fascinate me. <laughs> I've seen people make Belfast comparisons in such a way that they expect like the Fablemans to come off the loser in that. Like any comparison yeah. between a Spielberg movie and Belfast is not going to do any favors to Belfast. No. So yeah, I'm um, excited. Uh, also on my hopeful TIFF list. Um, yeah, they, they, they have screened it once and notably, or at least once, but I think the earliest screening was for a bunch of middle-aged people in upstate New York. So chasing a very particular demographic and it landed well there. So, um, also on the 11th, um, the sun, which is a new Florian Zeller joint. Um, he did the father. Um, I don't think this is related in any way. Um, but it started screening and people are really into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's Jackman, just adopting a, a titling uh, system, not unlike the episodes of Seinfeld. Apparently. Um, yeah. This is another one based on one of his plays and Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, Vanessa Kirby and Anthony Hopkins. No complaints. Yeah. Sounds Not good. I, I, yeah. The father was really good. Um, yeah. And I like, I'm always rooting for Hugh Jackman. I feel like Hugh, ja- like, Somehow a good looking, massively successful guy. He feels like an underdog. Yeah. Like, why is that? (laughs) And then like, like certain things just keep happening to him. Like when he, um, he made that movie bad education and he like, he clearly thought that was an Oscar play and he's really good in it. And then it was sold to HBO and became an Emmy play. Like there are certain things like beyond his control that it's just like, it's a bummer. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I root for him. Um, also let's see on the 11th, there's a biopic of, um, Goldemir directed by mm-hmm. Guy Native, Native. Um, what else? Um, are we moving on to midweek then? Sure. Because there's a weird ass thing that I had no idea existed here. Oh yes. A Christmas Direct- story, Christmas. Direct- starring. Peter Billingsley. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah. So direct to HBO Max on November 17th. We have an Honest to God sequel to A Christmas Story starring Peter Billingsley. Yeah. An adult Ralphie returns to the house on Cleveland Street to deliver his kids a magical Christmas like the one he had growing up. This sounds like one of those like things like that, that recent ghost, but I'm like really ripping on Ghostbusters (laughs) stuff. But I didn't see Ghostbusters Afterlife. What was it called? Afterlife afterlife but the idea of taking something as like irreverent as ghostbusters and then making this like warm nostalgia piece about it uh is 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 so strange to me and that sounds like a magical christmas like the one he had growing up like when he almost shot his eye out (laughs) (laughs) that's is that what he's trying to recreate for his his kids 
The oh, that'd be a fantastic movie. <laughs> Whole movie's him going around shooting his kids with a BB gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. You can't make. Ugh, it makes me mad. Uh, Julie Haggerty's in it though. Can't go wrong, Julie Haggerty. Can't go wrong. Um, well, maybe you will be less mad about some of the titles on the 18th, such as "She Said," which is um, the true story of the two journalists who broke the Harvey Weinstein story for the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars uh, Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mulligan as the journalists, and it's directed by Maria Schrader, who directed the German film "I'm Your Man" last year. So, yeah, Pedigree which I didn't is- think was that great. Did you like it? I liked it. It's okay. Um, but yeah, the pedigree is obviously strong here. You also have Patricia Clarkson, Andre Brower, Samantha Morton, Jennifer Ely. Um, and the idea of those two playing in like hardcore journalists, like I'm into it. You know, um, I'm here for any Carrie Mulligan anytime. Yeah. Um, and people are like comparing it to Spotlight. And I'm like, okay, because it's journalism. Sure. But why not? Um, and then also you have the menu, which is a new Mark Milode movie. Um, yeah, this is, he's a big like prestige TV guy. Yeah. He hasn't done a lot of features. I don't think. Um, yeah. I'm looking at, yeah. I'm like very skeptical about this because it's about like a couple, there's like an Island resort where like a chef is doing an exotic tasting menu, but then it turns into kind of a weird horror satire. And I'm like, it's gotta be cannibalism or like a soil and green is people, right? Like how else can, what else could it be? Yeah. Um, but maybe I'll be proven wrong. This cast is impressive though. It is. It really Anya is. Taylor-Joy, Anya Taylor-Joy, Rafe finds as the chef but also Nicholas Holt, Jenna McTeer, John Lemigazamo, always been a big fan, Hong Chow, big fan, uh, Judith Light, Arturo Castro, Reed Bernie from yeah. Mass, everyone's favorite. Um, he was really good in that. Uh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm, I'm sold. Okay. I, I like Ray Fiennes a lot. But like, it's got to be cannibalism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't what spoil if it's it, time please. travel and they're eating their future selves? Ooh. Oh, man. But I guess my point is that like, it's clearly going to be cannibalism, but it seems to think it's going to be a surprise when it's cannibalism. Future selves. <laughs> yeah. Be a surprise. Okay. Um, there's also the inspection, which is um, a, I be- possibly the feature debut of elegance Bratton. Um, it's about his um, it's autobiographical. Um, it's a young gay black man rejected by his mother decides to join the Marines. Um, and this is getting like very prominent births and positioning at the fall festivals. Um, so Jeremy Pope is in the lead and then it has Raul Castillo and Gabrielle union. So it kind of came out of nowhere, but people seem to be digging it. So. And then Castillo shows up. He's in everything. He really is. I like him though. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's also a new Andrew Bajowski on this day Ooh. called There There, um, which my understanding is that this was shot during the pandemic and no one was in the same room, but they like edited it together to make it kind of seem like it was. Okay. Um, Classic but, Bajowski. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jason Schwartzman, Lily Taylor, Molly Gordon. Some good names in there. Um, and then there's also um, 
I guess you would just pronounce it EO. It's just the letters EO. Um, it's about a donkey. It's an art yeah. movie about a donkey who's just like, you see life through this donkey's eyes through a series of vignettes. Um, I feel like I've seen this movie before. <laughs> um is that uh, are we still on punchy scott or what what uh what mode of scott have we good question into? scott's getting tired yeah i can tell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um all right um are we still uh, so we've also got uh slumberland which is a francis lawrence movie and i have often liked francis lawrence movies but it looks like one of these just determined to be like destined to be forgotten netflix like weirdly expensive uh genre movies yep um which is too bad because i uh i have liked francis lawrence in in the past yeah it's it's a very weird combination of factors because it's based on the turn of the century comic strip little nemo in slumberland but then it has jason momoa like what's going on here i have no idea (laughs) All right. Um, what is the people we hate at the wedding? That's a good, that's a good title. Um, family secrets revealed, um, at a wedding. It's, it's got, it's got some interesting people in it, but also some people for whom the tide seems to have turned. <laughs> oh, really? Like, uh, Kristen Bell, is she no, no longer America's sweetheart? Um, not quite. And Ben Platt people are taking issue with as of late. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. It's directed by um, Claire Scanlon, who's um, uh, like a TV comedy veteran. Like, wow, she's done every comedy that uh, people like uh, for the past 15 years. It looks like she's directed episodes of. So that can go either way, I guess. Uh, Moving on to the 23rd Thanksgiving weekend. uh, Luca Guadagnino, another film entering his Lena Dunham era. Uh, bones and all. Um, but wait, I thought Lena Dunham was entering her Neil Aboot era. <laughs> right, but by this point, it will have been the new True. Lena Dunham era. Um, bones and all. So, um, if if we're all right about the menu, this is the uh, second cannibalism movie in uh-huh. as many weeks. This is more foregrounding the cannibalism this time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, Luca Guadagnino and Timothy Chalamet is a winning combination, as we've seen. Um. Also has Taylor Russell, um, Mark Rylands, Chloe Sevigny, and again, Michael Stuhlbarg. So I know some people like got mad about this because he had the misfortune of announcing it shortly after the whole Army Hammer debacle. And I'm like, well, I really hope we know that he can make whatever movie he wants. (laughs) Like, Let's (laughs) just because his former actor got accused of something should not dictate the course of his career. Right. Like we can all agree on that. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. Um, and then on the 24th, there's disenchanted, which is the great, a great title for a sequel to enchanted. Ah. Um, mm -hmm. So they actually, they got off the ground. Um, Amy Adams is back. Maya Rudolph plays the villain. Always glad to see her getting work. Um, James Marsden is back. We're a big James Marsden house over here. So, yeah. I mean, the original is fun. So, we'll see if they can translate the magic. Yeah. Um, going back to the 23rd, um, Devotion is a uh, uh, Korean War uh, true story movie with Jonathan Majors and 
Glenn Powell. It sounds interesting. And Nanny is a uh, horror movie starring Anna Diop and Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, Nanny, I think, won the main jury prize at Sundance and got scooped up for distribution. So people are really into that one. Um, Also, this is the second movie this year about Glenn Powell flying planes for the military. Clearly, this is a winning formula. Um, One of the actors in the movie is named Morgan Spector. And I thought for a second it said Morgan Spurlock. (laughs) Uh, I was intrigued. That would be a choice. Um, There's also a documentary called Goodnight Oppie, which is about the Mars rover uh, named Opportunity. Oh. Um, You sounded disappointed about that. (laughs) What did you think it was? I I was just wondering who Oppie was. Oh, it's a Mars rover. Just some robot. Just some robot. Um, All right. Should we keep moving? Uh, There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff on the 24th that I don't. Well, I do want to point out streaming Christmas stuff. Yeah. Well, I do want to point out with that. I think this is the one we've reached a stage apparently of meta holiday movies because one of these on H. Oh, you cut out there. Oh, am I back? Uh, Yeah, you're back. You're back. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So one of these is called uh, a Hollywood Christmas and it's about the making of one of these formulaic Christmas movies. Okay which is where we're going full Ouroboros here. Um, yeah. But also on the 23rd is strange world, which is a Disney animation movie about oh, sequel to strange days. Clearly <laughs> the whole world's strange now. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's some kind of interplanetary exploration thing. Um, weirdly under advertised. Although I feel like I saw a trailer at some point. Um, yeah, if you move on to the December 2nd, I believe. Moving into December, into Christmas time. Yes. Um, and nothing gets you in the Christmas spirit like a movie about Mennonites. <laughs> um, so Women Talking is a new Sarah Polly joint. Um, it's apparently based on a true story about a bunch of women in an isolated religious colony who experiencing oh, a I lot thought of... it was based on a novel. Um, I think it's... I think the novel is loosely based on a true story. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, So apparently like some men in this colony were like repeatedly sexually assaulting them and they're trying to like reconcile that with their faith. I think I could be wrong. I think it mostly takes place. It might be like real time. Like I think the title is very true in that they're all just like sitting around in a barn and like figuring out their lives. Um, And has Francis McDormand, Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Ben Wishaw, like yeah, yeah, Jesse so. Buckley and Claire Foy, yeah, yeah. This sounds amazing. That's great. Yeah, seems like a heavy hitter. Um, doesn't seem. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. Um, I've of the Sarah Polly directorial efforts, I've only really liked the documentary she made. Um, but this even sounds- that was a little dicey for me. Yeah, most I think all of her stuff has been like shown promise and i'm waiting for her to kind of like really cinch it all together maybe this will be it maybe so um all right there's also on the second a new tommy vercola joint called violent night with david harbour and john leguizamo um kind of a christmas who is tommy vercola i i set my phone aside to charge so i can't look up who tommy vercola oh is. um hansel and gretel witch hunters i believe oh okay i kind of like that yeah it's fun um 
So you think David Harbor like regrets the path he's gone down? <laughs> should he? I don't know. I just feel like what path do you feel he should be on? Well, I don't know. I just like see him pop up in all this stuff, and he always looks miserable as hell. <laughs> and I think it's just like his like acting persona. But he always has the grumpiest face in these like terrible nerd movies. And it's like, and the first thing I ever saw him in was a revival of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. I wonder if he thinks about that too sometimes. <laughs> so I think we've reached existential, Scott. Do you, do you feel yeah. that that's accurate? <laughs> yeah, I just, I look at David Harbour and I'm like, I think you know you could be doing more. Well, he did like... Good and no, no. sudden move. Yeah. I mean, he did, he does get his kicks in an extracurricular way because there was that thing where people someone said like, if this tweet gets enough likes, David Harbaugh, will you like officiate my wedding or something? And he was like, sure. Like not thinking it would happen, but it did. And he did. And then people are like, Oh wait, we can replicate this. So they started to like replicate that formula. And I think he like went to someone's graduation um this is just sounding making him sound more indebted to his terrible nerd audience than ever but i'm saying he seemed like stoked about it like in all the pictures and stuff he does seem to be having a yeah, good time he, he, it strikes me as like a higher class skipper dan situation i don't know I just... <laughs> uh, man yeah, he's definitely just... a way he, he he's a weird actor at a weird time in his life to be like on bedroom wall posters for like a right? kind of nerdy teenage girl. Um, but you know, I, 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 I like to think that he's grateful for, hey, for as the Flintstones say it's a living. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I am just between two cranky pants right now, but we're, <laughs> we're trying to keep this ship moving. Um, so also on December 2nd is spoiler alert. The hero dies, which is oh, um, ruined it for me. <laughs> Um, it's an adaptation of a memoir um, about um, TV writer Michael Osiello and um, his partner was diagnosed with cancer and the inevitable happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed by Michael Showalter, which can really go either way, and stars Jim Parsons, which is a bit disconcerting, um, but also has Sally Field and Bill Irwin. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. David is doing the kombucha girl meme in real time right now. <laughs> like everything I say, you're just acting out that meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's also on the second framing Agnes, which is a documentary about um, trans identity and history. Oh. And then on to December 9th, we're in the home stretch. Um, yeah. Empire of Light, new Sam Mendes joint dropping. Yeah, not not a not a uh, James Bond to be seen. Uh, no, this right? is a period piece from the '80s, set at an old cinema, starring Olivia Coleman, um, Colin Firth, Toby Jones. Um, Sam Mendes is real hit or miss for me, but like I, I like where this is headed. I don't know about y'all. Uh, yeah, I, I would also agree that he's. He's, he's hit or miss, but, um, I don't know, a movie about, uh, old, old cinema. That sounds fun. It'd either be overly precious though. Yeah. But also like Olivia Coleman, like doesn't miss, like if nothing else, it will be worth watching for her. 
Oh, he has a performer. I thought you were saying like in terms of the projects she selects. And I was like, ah, I'm sure she has some. <laughs> well, probably, but I'm saying like, I have never regretted watching an Olivia mm. Coleman performance. Um, um, well, did you ever see Ron's Gone Wrong? I'm just looking at her filmography. And... <laughs> Voice work uh, doesn't count. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, House Party remake. Yeah. So interesting story with this. So I'm, I don't know how like, industry insider like the listeners are but i'm sure they've heard about uh warner brothers basically imploding like self-annihilating over the past month um this was a weird byproduct of that in that this was originally going to be an hbo max release and in the last week they decided to make it theatrical even though they have almost no money left to release anything (laughs) so yeah the house party remake coming to theaters yeah um uh, a little bit of trivia, the, the director of the original House Party, Reginald Hudlin, directed the Sidney Poitier documentary we talked about three hours ago. Okay. Um, yeah, this stars a lot of young people I've never heard of, and Bill Bellamy. Um, and then also on the ninth is something from Tiffany's, which is a direct-to-Amazon video rom-com. But I'm pointing it out because it stars Zoe Deutsch. And Scott and I were just talking the other day about how much we love Zoe Deutsch and we wish she would make better movies. And I don't know if this is one of them, but we love but her. But it might be. But, but it might be. And we love her. It's probably not. Um, but it might be. It's directed by Daryl, Daryl Ween, who um, doesn't, doesn't make good movies. Um, yeah, but she's great. And we just, we want the best for her. Um, And then on the 14th still is A Man Called Otto, which is the second cinematic adaptation of the novel, A Man Called Ova. Um, The stars Tom Hanks. Mark Forster entering his Luca Guadagnino era. (laughs) (laughs) And again, Tom Hanks in his weirdo era. Like it's all coming together. Um, Because I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's playing a character much older than he is. So I'm guessing there's probably some some makeup and styling choices that are again uh, a bit kooky um but yeah it's tom hanks um and then all right moving on to the 16th yeah release dates get weird around now because yeah but i can't wait avatar 2 avatar the way of water yeah god help me i'm looking forward to it too yeah absolutely i saw that first one twice in the theater they're re-releasing it in the theater uh, uh, later, or I guess next month. Uh, I might go see it again um, in preparation for The Way of Water. Um, I'm on my own. Uh, Julie bailed and... Uh, no, I, I was just getting water. I thought God you could is, vamp uh, for those 10 seconds. God is falling asleep. Uh, um, no. Um, uh, well, you know what? Scott wasn't giving me anything. I blame it on Scott, but he's very tired. He's had, yeah. a, long, he's had a long day. I said I am against my better judgment looking forward to Avatar the Way of Water. Yeah. But also like I'm not I why, by why against your better judgment? Because I didn't like the first one. Movies. Oh come on. Like it kind of peaks for you know. Like the best shot of the movie is definitely all of them waking up at the very beginning. And you're like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, less so. But I've okay. also just been conditioned at this point to think that the avatar sequels are not real, you know, like I, I just feel like it's been so long and they delay them so many times that I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know. 
I do like that Sigourney Weaver is back, but as a different character because her character died in the first one and she's playing like their teenage daughter or something, which oh, wow. is I didn't awesome. Know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then on December 21st is a new Puss in Boots movie, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Okay. The original Puss in Boots is kind of good. It's kind of fun. So I had a good time. Like Antonio Banderas is Puss in like that's, it's very inspired casting and he really goes for it. Um, so, I don't know, could be fun for the kiddos. Um, on December 23rd is Corsage, which is another Vicky Creeps joint. The, the backlog just keeps yeah. getting unspooled. Um, this landed very well at Cannes. Some people even grumbled that it was not in the main competition because it outshone many entries therein. Um, but it's about uh, an empress of Austria who is over the hill at age 40 and... Um, is like fighting to maintain her status and relevance. Mm. Um, but it's kind of sounds like a kind of psychological chamber piece within a kind of the trappings of a big period piece. Um, and Vicky creeps. So that sounds great. And I'm saying that to shore up my positive energy before we get into the next movie, (laughs) because I, I liked knives out just fine, you know, B plus BB plus movie. Um, there's no way that glass onion is good. Right. <laughs> Does I it feel like, like I was out. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it, I mean, it just feels like, so like trying to make lightning strike the same place, uh, twice. It, I feel like there's the, yeah, the, the, the chance of this movie being good is at like 12%. <laughs> that seems, that seems generous, honestly, but it's also like, I think they gave them too much money. Like Netflix wanted the rights so bad that they gave them $100 million to make this movie, I think, or no make two movies. Anyway, it's too much money is my point. Um, I mean, it has some great people in it. Edward Norton, always happy to see Ethan Hawke, Janelle Monet. Sure. Leslie Odom Jr. Catherine Hahn. I mean, obviously he could get whoever he wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, Daniel Craig and his insane accent are back. Um, that's seemingly the only connective tissue. Um, Somebody, one of the great pitches for the sequels was that he should do a different accent in every movie, but it never <laughs> gets explained why he has different accents. That that would compel me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he for all like for all intents and purposes, he was doing several accents in the last one. <laughs> <That is> like <laughs> that was wildly distracting to me but yeah it just seems like can't leave well enough alone but you know what like if ryan johnson gets to buy a boat because of this or whatever like good for him he seems cool um and then on the 23rd you have i want to dance with somebody you have a whitney houston biopic yeah i'm not getting my hopes up um because so i came at cassie lemon's career all as a director uh, Casey, it's Casey, right? Casey Lemons. Anyway, I came at it all askew because the first one I saw that she directed was Harriet, which is not very good. And then um, I went back and uh, somewhat recently at the Arrow, uh, they did they were doing as part of like a whole Samuel Jackson like thing. They did a 35 millimeter double double feature of Eve's Bayou and the Caveman's Valentine, and they're both great. And so seeing her go from that to Harriet, which is, you know, a biopic and now seeing her stick to the biopic route with, I want to dance with somebody. I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not, I'm not uh, expecting to get that 
late nineties, early two thousands, Casey Lemons vibe back. It seems safe. Yeah. But we'll just, I'm so negative. I feel like no, normally <laughs> doing this episode makes me like more excited for the the fall um and maybe i i don't know why i'm actually well, it's because you said you're you're repressing yourself you're not using twitter as yeah. an outlet for your rage yeah. like every other person on twitter and this is what happens that's what twitter's yeah. for yes <laughs> there's also stuff going on uh in my life right now that is uh putting me in a bad mood so that's um i apologize uh quite all right um also on the 23rd strangely enough there is a remake of ikaru it's called living and it um is set oh. in london in uh it's set in post-war london stars bill nye as the um in the main role um it's been playing a lot of festivals um you know it's a pretty universal story so why not i guess yeah that's a framing device that doesn't work in my opinion the original uh Kurosawa okay okay so you're you're well, ranking all the streaming devices i'll be the i'll be the positive one here i'm looking forward to to live. oh i th- no i think the movie sounds good i was just no no you out. said no. <laughs> um but let's move on to the to christmas day and uh a movie i'm definitely looking forward to uh babylon um yes. i uh listeners are aware that i love La La Land with all my heart. I also really liked First Man. Um, less so Whiplash, but that's that was earlier. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to to Babylon just as a person who has liked Damien Chazelle. Uh, but it's also an old-timey Los Angeles movie, which, come on, that's yeah, so up my alley. All. It's not only an old-timey Los Angeles, it's an old-timey Hollywood movie. So it's about Hollywood in the 20s, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of these actors playing, like, real characters of the time. And, I mean, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Catherine Waterston, like, the cast is much longer than what's listed here. But, like, yeah. it seems, honestly, like, if you took Once Upon a Time in Hollywood but set it in the 20s, like, that almost seems to be, like, what it's kind of going for. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm very yeah. excited. Also, all those people uh, out there who are anti-Damien Chazelle, they can they can get over themselves. Good for them. Sand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I have to mention that a uh, friend of this podcast and of me and my wife, Carrie Hyatt, uh, worked on Babylon. <laughs> she was uh, she worked on Licorice Pizza and uh, made signage, and she's a graphic designer. Uh, and uh, listeners already know they listen to this. They listen to our interview with with Carrie. So I'm sure that all the signage in Babylon is going to be on point. So go see it for the signage people, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for things that have dates. And then we have a little section here of things that are definitely coming out this year, but don't have a date yet. I was like crossing my fingers for like a big, like Netflix release date dump at the last minute. It did not happen, but these are definitely imminent just without a date yet. So in no particular order, um, white noise, the new Noah Baumbach joint is dropping at some unidentified point. Um, it's going to be good. It has Adam driver and Greta Gerwig. Um, it's based on a, um, Don DeLillo book that was said to be unfilmable, which is always exciting. Yeah. Um, this is opening the Venice film festival. So obviously the people in power think very highly of it. Um, yeah. Stoked. All right. 
Um, uh, there's the also new Inaritu yeah. mm-hmm. movie. Bardo yeah. false chronicle of a handful of truths. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really like his movies, um, <laughs> so I'm gonna like steer clear of being too negative. Especially a false one. <laughs> Yeah, haven't we had enough false false chronicles as a society? And um, white noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems to be some kind of like war satire. Like the the synopsis has been kind of opaque, so I don't really know what's going on with it. Um, but that's also debuting soon at festivals. Um, these are all Netflix movies, by the way. So those all on Netflix. Um, and then Wendell and Wilds, which is a new uh, stop motion animation feature from Henry Selleck um, yeah. starring Keegan, Michael key and Jordan Peele as the voice of two demons. Um, so that seems like it could be. Yeah. That sounds combo. fun. Um, and then the aforementioned, the other Pinocchio. So <laughs> Pinocchio is entering his Mark Forster. <laughs> <laughs> this bit is paying off in ways I did not expect. Um, yeah so this is the guillermo del toro pinocchio um and it is a stop motion animation one so that is somewhat interesting yeah i would say um this one has ewan mcgregor as jiminy cricket um tilda swinton kate blanchett um ron perlman tim blake nelson are all voices in it um so even though i'm burnt out on pinocchio like Guillermo del Toro is on a good streak, so could be something. Um, also from Netflix, The Good Nurse, which is a true story about a nurse that might have killed as many as 300 people by on purpose. <laughs> by like um, a terrible nurse. Yeah. Yeah. The title is a bit misleading in that way. Um, but it's Eddie Redmayne stars as the murderer, which honestly seems like kind of inspired casting to me. He's a bit creepy. Um Jessica Chastain also in it. Um, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if this is any good. Um, and then we also foreshadowed there being two movies about Edgar Allan Poe solving crimes while a cadet at West Point. I have this been is, waiting for this to pay off all night. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment. It's the pale blue eye. It's a new Scott Cooper movie. Um, uh, that's not a payoff at all. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But um it does yeah, have a good I think cast. On, on our on when Tyler and I counted down 2021, and I named Antler as my least favorite movie of 2021, I believe I said that Scott Cooper must be stopped, and apparently <laughs> no one listened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does have um, Harry Melling as Edgar Allan Poe, which I feel like is good casting. Um, yeah, also, cool. Christian Bale, Gillian Anderson, Robert Duvall, Timothy Spall, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Um, so yeah, I mean. Ignoring the Scott Cooper of it all, it is an interesting premise. So, you know, since I'm the only one keeping hope alive in this misery sandwich, <laughs> I guess I'm hoping for the best. Um, and then moving well, on. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely hopeful for this next one. There uh, you go. Despite it, despite it being from a director that I consider hit, hit or miss for me. Um, but the the I'm, I'm choosing to approach it as a Brendan Fraser vehicle. Uh, the Whale. Um, Darren all French. hits for me, baby. I can't wait. There you go. Well, uh, I hope I'm I'm home with you on this, but uh, I I I do love Brendan Fraser. I do love Samantha Morton. Mm. Um, oh, Hong Chow's in this one too. Hell yeah. yeah, love to see it. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it has courted some controversy because Brendan Fraser is pay, playing a 600 pound man, which he is obviously not. Um, and it's based on a play, I believe that he adapted. Um, and people are very curious about how it all comes together. I am definitely among them. Um, Darren Aronofsky, I'm sure it won't be problematic at all. <laughs> no, I know, but it's just, sure, it's just such like sensitive touch with it. It's it's a very wild combination of factors. I think we can all agree. And I am very curious to see how it all comes together. I think, though, um, uh, at TIFF, they're like giving Brendan Fraser some award for this movie specifically. So clearly they've seen it and they're very into it. Um, but, yeah, I think we've all agreed like there's a Brendan Fraser essence happening. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, he was going to be the villain in Batgirl. That got taken away. But otherwise... Um, so that, that award he's getting at TIFF, um, someone, uh, pointed out how uh, on Twitter was pointing out how often the person who gets that award goes on to win the best actor, uh, oh, really? Oscar. So, um, Brennan Fraser, like shit. early favorite for best a- actor, I guess. There you go. Um, there's also Causeway, which is, um, a Jennifer Lawrence vehicle and she hasn't done anything a while. Yeah, where she I been? am choosing to ignore. Don't look up. Um, oh, so yeah, I guess I completely forgot about that. Yeah, no, I am plagued by its memory. Um, she also like got married and had a kid or something, but like, oh, I, I've always liked her. Like she's very talented and very compelling. And this is about, um, a U.S. soldier who has suffers a traumatic brain injury and is struggling to readjust to life back home. Um, it's her, it's Brian Tyree Henry, Samira Wiley. Um, sadly it's on Apple. So, you know. No problem for me. I'm young and hip. (laughs) Glad to hear it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always interested in what Jennifer Lawrence is doing. I don't know if that makes me a minority these days, but I'm into her. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the wonder, which is the new Sebastian Lelio joint, um, Mm -hmm. starring the great love of my life, Florence Pugh. Um, it's a great, Neve Algar. I had to say that because I know how to say her name. Uh, and, 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 uh, Tom Burke, uh, great cast. I love Sebastian Lelio or Lelio. Yeah. He, he's a mixed bag for me because I loved disobedience. I did not like a fantastic woman. And then what was the other one? Well, he did Gloria, which is great. And then he, 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 he did the remake Gloria Bell, which is not as good. It's not as good, but I thought it was still pretty stellar. And like, you get some great John Turturro in there. Yes. That's true. That's true. But I guess, yeah. it, I mean, I, it, it suffered for me being already having loved Gloria. I guess. Yeah. I mean, gonna... it's virtually pointless to see both. There's, there's almost no like new take there. Yeah. 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 But um, uh, yeah. yeah like it has a, a great premise. It's um, I think it's a period piece, but it's um. Uh, a nurse is summoned to a tiny village to examine a girl who is said to have survived without food for months. So kind of like a weird old timey mm. supernatural medical mystery. Um, but yeah, sounds great. Um, and then finally, even if Scott is nearly falling asleep, surely he is something the to best say. movie of the year for last. Yeah. It's gonna just knock. Spielberg, forget about it. Not even close to the new Mia Hansen love vehicle. One fine morning. Isn't Starring. it? Didn't we learn recently? It's like 
Luva? Luva? Yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I learned it as Mia Hansen Love 10 years ago, and that's how it will remain. Um, and starring Lisa Du, who uh, has frankly become like a new favorite actress over the last couple of years. I always like. And it's about her. time we haven't seen her in a movie for weeks. Yeah, right. I always <laughs> dug her, but like lately she's just on fire and she's really stepped up to a whole different level. So I am extremely yeah. excited for this. Yeah. yeah. And to clarify, this is actually just a qualifying run, but that means they know what's up. That means they want to get it in under the wire for Oscars. So. I'll be there at whatever yeah. landmark yeah. replacement is going to settle for the for the New Year's Eve release to barely qualify. Yeah. <laughs> Mia Hansen love for best picture of the year. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, yeah. uh, while while Scott is still, uh, um, I don't know, conscious. Sentient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully you can find reviews of a lot of these over the next few months uh, at battleshipretention.com. You can uh, also email me at david at battleshippretension.com email tyler at tyler at battleshippretension.com follow me on twitter at davy pretension check out my other podcast it's called the one where i met your mother my, my wife and i uh natalie my wife natalie and i watch an episode of friends and an episode of how i met your mother every week and compare and contrast this week we had uh it was great uh, uh episodes on on both counts it was uh the one with the ski trip and the goat those are the two episodes i guess uh if uh, uh, I Y K Y K um, on that. Uh, you uh, let's see. I that sounds that's... really weird when you say the acronym out loud. Yeah, that don't was, care I think for that. that was the idea. <laughs> um, let's uh, uh, start with uh, uh, Scott while he's awake. Um, where, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on the floor of my hotel room, connecting <laughs> to the hotel internet through whatever means. Hasselhoffing. Means- Queen New burger? York will allow what? Also, just to like give some context here, Scott's video has been off for the past like hour and a half. We have no idea what he's yeah. doing. That that was purely well. Uh, first, of course, I'm just completely naked. Uh, that's goes without saying. <laughs> well, I but, said I was picturing you uh, Hasselhoffing, like shirtless on the floor eating a burger. <laughs> I didn't know this was an option, much less a mode I could go into, but uh, I will be pursuing that mode momentarily. Uh, no, the video went off because I found that I, I was getting better connection with it. Also, yeah, uh, I figure I as much. Well, my point remains that we have okay. no idea what you're doing. What? So, on tomorrow. Yeah, you can still request to follow me on Twitter now that I know how to approve follower requests. Um, thanks to a listener whose name I forgot who got in touch Great. with us. Um, and at Letterboxd, where I post things. Julie? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at says no says. That's S-E-S-N-O underscore S-A-Y-S. And I'm just, I'm out in the world, man. I'm living life. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Julie, for filling in as co-host. Uh, thank you, Scott, for for joining us Uh you know, at whatever percentage you are at. Um, uh, thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. I think Bye. I'm using like the extra Bye. 100% of my brain like Lucy. <laughs> Thank you.
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.